What's up, everybody? It's Thursday, March 20th, 2014, and you are listening to the very first episode of the Talking Games podcast, a brother podcast from Talking Comics. Uh, my name is Steve Say, and I'm here with Jackie Turner. Hello. Bobby Shorto. Hello. And Mr. Justin Townsend. Hello, hello. How you doing, guys? Pretty good. How you doing, Justin? You a little nervous? Eh, a little bit. This is, uh, for people listening, this is Justin's very first podcast. But uh, if you are happen to be a fan of Talking Comics, there is a book club that we run each month uh, where Justin is actually a regular on the panel. Well, that's thanks to you. Indeed it is. <laughs> You didn't I, ask me if I was nervous. I own you. <laughs> you? I'm, I'm very nervous. Yeah, it, you guys Shaking you guys know that voice. That's uh, Bobby Shortle. That is the founder of Talking Comics, uh, <laughs> editor-in-chief. And the man who podcasts more than anyone else I've ever met. He does. <laughs> uh, he's also the producer of, all of the Man Cave podcast, the Talking mm-hmm. Comics. And uh, producer-esque will be for night, tonight. Yeah, producing. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll call it producer. He's the man. <laughs> Bobby's the man. Uh, Steve Say, myself, uh, executive editor of Talking Comics, co-host of the Talking Comics podcast, and writer of Ink and Pixel over at JoeBlow.com. And we have Jackie, who is a was a co-host of the Fanboy Remix podcast. Yes, the good old days. The good old days. <laughs> yeah. The days when Bobby was green. Yeah. <laughs> With Bobby and Brian, actually, from Talking Movies. Mm-hmm. Talking Movies. Yes. Indeed. It's very and hard to remember the name of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And, and of course, Bob Ryer. Yeah. And Bob Ryer. Yes. And also, uh, she was a contributor or co-host to the Doctor Who cast mm-hmm. yes, when was. that was going on. Yes. And so, I'm back. Yeah. You are back, and we're glad to have you. Thank you. All right, so uh, if you guys want to get a little idea as to what this is and what we're doing, uh, I hate—I I don't hate to keep referring to it because I'm very proud of the show, <laughs> but for those of you that listen to Talking Comics, you'll know that before we get down to business and we're you know just shooting the shit or whatever, that every now and again we'll get on the topic of video games, and the conversation can go on for about five to ten minutes, and... There's always this wanting to continue that conversation, but it's a comic book podcast and we got to get down to business, got to do our thing, and we need to end the conversation there. This is our place to elaborate and elongate on those conversations and just share our love of video games. We all play. We've all been playing for a really long time and uh, we just thought we'd talk about it and share it with you guys. So that is the mission of this podcast. Hmm. I am going to start with a couple of questions. You are very prepared, by the way. <laughs> I am, right? You're much more prepared very, than very I usually Let me ask you this. Are yeah. you are you at all impressed with the way that I'm trying to approach this? <laughs> I feel like Steve is fishing for a compliment. <laughs> a little, little bit. It Absolutely, means, it means something to me that you're that you're cool. Absolutely, man. You uh, you you did a lot of you did a lot of work. You have an outline in front of you. I do. I gotta tell you, as it goes on, it's gonna go right out the window. <laughs> oh yeah, you probably should have been there for fanboy remix. The one thing you will learn is that controlling four people into talking about what you how you want them to talk is impossible. <laughs> oh good god! <laughs> to be fair, when one of them's Bob Royer, it's, yeah. it's pretty hard. We yes, lo- we love him. We do love Bob. We do love Bob. He yeah. he can talk though. That because man can talk. He knows everything in the world about everything. <laughs> About everything. Yes. <laughs> he does. Yeah. All right. But let's, since since our listeners don't know everything in the world about us, <laughs> why don't we try to get to know each other a little bit? And I actually have questions that pertain to things that I don't even know about some of our hosts. So let's go with Jackie. Uh, okay. When did you start? Actually, you know what? We have, uh, we actually have Twitter 
stuff that uh, people have been tweeting to us. Mm-hmm. And instead oh, of just cool. reading my questions, mm-hmm. I'm actually going to read one of yours because uh, you people... You people. You guys. You, guys. <laughs> you people. We're you, already them people. Yeah. You guys have been amazing. We already have several followers on Twitter. Uh, oh, for those that don't know, our Twitter handle is at talking underscore games on Twitter. And as far as the show, you can find the show for right now. It's going to be on the uh, talkingcomicbooks.com. We'll be hosting it there in the. Uh, in time, we will see that it gets its own space. But for right now, while we're feeling things out and kind of getting comfortable with everything, maybe making a few changes to the show and whatnot, it's going to stay there for a little bit, sake of convenience and whatnot, and uh, boost the download numbers, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. So, okay. So we've got a uh, Twitter message from uh, Andrew Cater, whose name is, I love this, at Caterade nice. <laughs> on Twitter. And he goes, or go. Or he says, what games or game made you first realize that you loved video games? Jackie, go. Oh, this one would definitely be um, the Ocarina of Time on the N64. Nice. That was the first time I realized games could be more than just jump, jump, you know, smash something. I have and never played Ocarina of Time. It's fantastic. It was oh like God. my first RPG right? game. Gaming confession, confessions. Right <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yes. no, we're going to get into it. We're <laughs> yeah. going to we're going to do the whole, you know, bucket list right. of video games that you've it never like, played. Well, it was the first game that I realized you didn't just have to go from A to B. That wasn't a platformer. It was this big free ranging game where you'd come across all this stuff and you didn't know, uh, you know, there was so much to explore and so much to do. And that was my first big game that I couldn't get enough of. Did I you play bought, it? I bought the N64 because of that. I played it at oh, a friend's so you, house. Okay, so you played on the yeah. 64. You didn't play it later on one of the, like, the reduxes or anything no, like that? No, I played it on the N64, and it was the reason I bought the N64. Sweet. So that's my, that's my big game. Nice. Justin, when did you fall in love with video games? Oh, that's easy. Uh, GoldenEye N64. That's an answer for that's a lot of people oh, that say man. that. Yeah. Going mm. over my friend's house, I never had an N sixty four, but going over his house and playing four player, you know, split screen or quad screen, killing each other, one hit, odd job, amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, after playing that I just I fell in love with shooters and basically just any type of video games after that. Well that was one of the first not maybe not the first, but definitely one of the first console shooters that had probably some of the tightest controls. And some of the coolest maps and, and just it flowed really well, especially yeah. in multiplayer where other games kind of lacked in that area. PC was pretty much the, the primary for that. But yeah, GoldenEye caught on like wildfire when yeah. it was out. It was the perfect party game with friends. Definitely. That was I rare, right? That. That, did yeah. that It was rare. Yeah. Did you ever do the cardboard on the TV thing? To, oh, yeah. To stop the screen looking? One of my friends was obsessed with everyone looking at his screen. He yeah. made a cardboard box <laughs> so he could look through it. Yeah. Like, Johnny, if you're ever listening to this, it never helped, <laughs> ever. We all still saw your screen. Um, uh, you mentioned Brian before. Brian Verderosa loves GoldenEye. And he is the, one of the Brian is one of the most annoying people in the entire world to play video games with because when he wins, he, he does this uh, uh, unbelievably annoying laugh where he goes like, <laughs> oh my whenever God. he beats you at anything. I can hear that in my head. I can actually hear that laugh. Yeah. And in yeah. Goldeneye, you can't, you have to invert. There's no not invert controls. Yeah. And I cannot play that way. So when I'm playing with him, and uh, when we played, like when we used to play when 
right after high school, we play a little bit. He hook up his N64 and we play, and it would just be madness for me because I could not change the controls and I would just not be able to do it. All right. Well, you know what? It, uh, to, to prompt uh, to, from that, I'll ask our listeners their their first question that you you can either tweet us, you can write into us. What do you prefer? When you're playing a game, do you invert the y-axis? Do you do up is up or is up down like it's supposed to be? It's mm. a game of one Top gun, no. NES, no. Yeah. Top Gun, no. flight controls, yeah. no. forever. When I'm yeah. controlling a plane, yes, that's how you control it. When I'm controlling a person, when I hit up, he better damn well look up. Mm. <laughs> better not look no. down. No. <laughs> I always think there's like a rod up the back of the neck. That's so I always think like if you know if you push there's on a it, rod in the what if I've heard you, people if, say if that imagine, before yeah imagine there's a rod going up the character's back so when you push on the controller you're pushing that rod and it's pushing his head down that's mm. how I think of it. well what I've always heard is think of it as his <laughs> neck right it makes like, perfect people, sense to me people who who talk about inverted controls they talk about like think of it as his neck so you kind of pull your neck back to look up and you push it forward to look down right. But that's how crazy people think, not how normal people <laughs> this think. This is the first time I've ever heard any of this. I always just assumed it was some sort of deficiency if you use in- <laughs> inverted controls. I see how it is. Well, we'll put out the listeners. They're going to see. We're going to see what the... Yeah, yeah we're, you, we're tell, you tell right us. Mm-hmm. You tell us. We're going to put yeah. it to a vote. Yeah. We're two and two on our vote. Maybe. So. Uh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're a house divided. Yeah. Let's among, see what... Among let's, itself. Yeah. Let's see what yes. everyone else We're thinks. like the let's, Starks uh, versus the Lannisters. Let's... <laughs> Let's find out, Bobby. Where, uh, what game like turned you on to video games that really made you realize that you were like, like I want to spend all my free time doing this. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because my answer is so generic because it's really Super Mario Brothers. Okay. Like I, um, I don't remember what year it was, but I didn't get a Nintendo out of the gate. Um, my parents wouldn't wouldn't get me one. My brother had like an Atari 2600, and he had a Commodore 64. So mm-hmm. I used to play like Pitfall and stuff on there and Track nice. and Field and stuff on those. And I, I used to love it, you know, but I, I wasn't obsessed with it. But Super Mario Brothers, what happened was we, we went to visit my cousin at one point, and she had a Nintendo, but she never really played it. Like she had gotten it, she never really played it. Yeah. And they were like, but Bobby can have it if he wants it. And my, mom, my parents were like, no, 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 he can't have a video game system or whatever. You know, they were doing that thing. Uh, which is so funny if you know my parents at all because they're not like that. But for some reason, no. they had this thing in their head where that was what they were going to do. So <laughs> uh, so I didn't get it. We went home back to Vermont. We live in Vermont this time. They lived in New York. I was like, you know, we're not going to – I was really upset about it. I really wanted it. And then, you know, one day I came home and it was there because they had sent it. They, my mom like, had broken and she had – Oh, they, so they, they, they sent it in the bottom. know? I didn't know. It was oh, there. No. Um, you know, we put it in kind of our, our family room. I wanted it in my room, but they wouldn't do that. Yeah. So they put it in the family room. And, you know, I would come home every day from school and, and play Super Mario Brothers. Nice. And the cool thing about then, though, was my parents were, would also play Super Mario Brothers. So, you know, I would get notes at the end when I come home from school being like, I got to level blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then one day I got notes from both of them that we beat the game. What? Yeah. Wow. They beat it before you did? They beat it before I did. That's yeah, crazy. It is crazy. So that was really the first game where I, I you know, I, I kind of really fell into it, you know, and, and I, I became in love with it. Funny thing for me was that there was a time, it was probably right after high school during the right last year of high school and beginning of college where I didn't really play video games at all anymore. I kind of had yeah. left it behind. I was in that space where if I wanted a new video game system, I had to buy it with my own money uh. and spending $300, $400 on a PS2. 
yeah. was not anything that was that wasn't even close to my range of expectations. You know, it was just it was never going to happen. So I, I so I kind of was behind. So you know, I would play like N sixty four and stuff. I play like Mario Tennis and Mario Golf on the N sixty four with my with my friends until like four o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was I didn't think of it as, as gaming. You know, it wasn't until really kind of last year of college where I bought an Xbox. Um, that I really started getting back into do it, and it was actually Halo that was the game where I was like, I'm back into the into the flow of it. You know, I want to be, I want to play games all the time again. And since right. then, it's just been kind of nonstop. You did are, you uh, go ahead, no. Steve? Did you ever hear my my PS2 story of how I acquired no. my PS2? Um, you'll appreciate this. Uh, for those of you don't, that don't know, Bobby is uh, engaged to a lovely, lovely girl true. named Karen, best girl in the world. Best girl in the world. And that best girl in the world and I have been friends for a long, mm-hmm. long time. And I had uh, I was working at well, I was working at Babbage's and then I started working at the GameStop over near the Smith Haven Mall uh, here in New York. And she was talking we were talking about games and it was coming out and you know I was adamant about not getting it. I was like, I'm not getting it. It's you know, it's a waste of money, it's so much money, they just want blah blah blah. And I, I, she's like, dude, you're gonna, you're gonna do it. You're gonna get it. You're just gonna, you don't know yourself. You're gonna get it. And I said, no, no, I'm not gonna do it. And then, in the same day, they released, I believe it was Ico and Silent Hill Two. I think I saw like a frame of each, mm. and I left my shift and walked over to the mall <laughs> and caught up with her, and I told her, I said, Karen. I got to have it. I don't know how the hell I'm going to do it, but I got to have it. And the amazing woman that she is, she, out of her own pocket, plunked down the money and loaned me the money to get it that day. (laughs) Wow. So I did pay her back. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so she is the reason that I was able to acquire my PS2 Mm -hmm. on that specific day. So all of this is her fault. Yeah. (laughs) So at least the PS2 portion, which we'll be talking a great deal about, uh, is her fault. But uh, I thought you'd appreciate that. I do appreciate that. That's awesome. Hey, hey. Awesome, awesome story. Um, In reference to... I'm sorry, Justin, you were going to say something before. I was just going to say that my story is almost uh, completely the same as Bobby's. After my PlayStation, my PS1, I didn't have a system until the next, uh, the original Xbox came out because I had to buy it with my own money. I didn't have the cash. I saw somebody play Halo. I was like, I have to have this. Mm-hmm. And I went and I got it. I became obsessed with Halo. And then ever since then, gaming's been completely my thing. But yeah. that was the game that brought me back to it. Mm-hmm. Golden and I brought me two games. Mm-hmm. Halo brought me back. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Word. Xbox has some, original Xbox has some great games too. I played the crap out of Knights of the Old Republic. The Star Wars uh, RPG. Oh yeah, awesome, Sweet. awesome game. Um, I actually my my falling in love with video games goes way way back actually to the Intellivision. Oh wow! I was uh, and I'm hoping I'm getting the, the right system. Um, I'm thinking of the one where you actually had like the numeric pad, mm-hmm. and they had these cards with a, a sleeve built into the controller that you actually had to put the card in the controller. I think that's right. Yeah. And the different like you know one through nine or zero mm-hmm. whatever the hell it was one through ten were the different directionals but the game that i absolutely fell in love with video games was frog bog has anybody have I, anybody played frog bog frog bog frog bog was this ugly ass game where you were you, you were sitting on lily pads and they're they're pixelated to shit like the the, the graphics back then obviously were you know they're not what they are yeah. today but 
the whole thing was it was two players, so you're versing one another, and you're jumping from one lily pad to another, trying to catch flies with the flick of your tongue in midair. And whoever, jumping back and forth, whoever collected the most flies was the winner at the end. And you got, the rounds went on for a while. So right. you'd have two people playing. Just and jumping you'd be, back and forth on Lily. Yeah, Pads. like 36 flies, 49 <laughs> flies. And it just, it became this this race, like this ludicrous, amphibious thing. <laughs> and uh, I just, nonstop, nonstop, my friend Erin uh, and I, that I, I grew up with her, she's a good friend of mine, we just, we cracked out on that thing. And then um, I had the Atari 2600, and then later, I actually didn't have a Nintendo right away, but my neighbor who lived across the street, his name was Mike Geppetto, uh he had the Nintendo and I kind of did one of those things where like, I was the younger kid on the block and he was like the, the cool teenage guy. He's got the Nintendo. He's got, you know, he plays guitar and the whole bit. And so I would like sidle over to his house and knock on the door and be like, hey, man, I know I'm a little bit younger than you, but I think we should be friends. <laughs> and it was all to play. I mean, he was a cool dude, but it was all to play his Nintendo. And uh, that's where I got my first taste of like gyromite. He had Robbie the robot dropping discs and, and you know pipes are moving and, and and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, but Frogbog was really the thing that that woke me up to the idea of like I love this activity. Like, what is this thing? How do I get my own system at my house? Yeah. And uh, from then on, with the the Atari, it was you know Moon Patrol and Pitfall and just regular karate. Like there was no, there were no other titles yet. Mm -hmm. It was just karate or it was just soccer Mm -hmm. and that was it. Um, But anyway, that was all the way back then. But let's talk about a little bit about now uh, and find out what everybody's got on hand uh, so people know what kind of uh, games are going to be playing and what we're going to be playing them on and so on and so forth. Uh, Justin, I'm curious. I've never been to your place. What do you have at your home system wise? Like what's available to you to play games? I have a PS3. I got rid of my 360. I have a Wii, which is never touched. And then I have the Xbox One and the PS4. Why did you get rid of your 360? I just wasn't playing it anymore. Um, I traded it in for the Xbox. Uh, I kept my PS3 because PS Plus gave me 30 or 40 games I have yet to touch. I love PS Plus. PS Plus is the greatest invention in gaming ever. Mm-hmm. Have you ever regretted trading it in? Like, did you feel like a little bit of no, pain? The only thing I kind of regret is that I never got to play Halo Four again. Like going through it one more time. Oh, Legendary. but you played it, played it once. Yeah, I played it once. Uh, before I got rid of it, I replayed Mass Effect Three in about four days. Ooh. That was forty <laughs> hours and forty days. I was like, oh, I forgot how long this game was because I never got to see the extended ending. And I grabbed all the DLC packs. I love that series to death. So I, I wanted to make sure that I got to play that one more time, but I have no regrets about trading it in since. I can't imagine trading in my 360. It's like another child in this <laughs> yeah. house. It really is. I talk to it. I stroke it. The, <laughs> the disc, it? Yeah, the disc tray doesn't come out anymore unless you knock it on the top when you press eject. And I'm like every time it happens, I want to cry because <laughs> I'm just waiting for it to stop working. You have my, old school. You have white, big... Yes. Xbox 360, I like, uh, you know, yeah. crazy. No I red rings it. for I her. Had like six Xbox 360s. And I was like, I'm oh, on my these fourth things, one. These, these things are amazing. I'm just going to oh. keep buying them. And then I realized my PlayStation 3 
is the launch PlayStation yeah. 3 with backwards compatibility. Yeah. And <laughs> right. it works perfectly to this day. Yeah, so that's, the problem, I, that's yeah. the problem I have with the Xbox 360 is because that's been my console for the last few years, I have so many games. And because they didn't want to do the the backwards compatible with the older games with the mm. Xbox One, mm. I'm going to lose hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of games. So the Xbox One doesn't have backwards compatibility no. for the 360? No, no. not at no. all. Ooh, they, apparently there was a survey done, uh, according to Microsoft, they, they did a survey... And they said that less than 5% of gamers will actually go and play old games on a new console. So oh. for them to have to have some kind of emulator inside that is able to play the old disc, right. it costs them more than you know the 5% of the market that are going to be pissed off about it. Yeah, for those numbers as well. Yeah, and I totally believe that too because I think that it's a big buzz thing for gamers. Like, oh, I want to be able to play all my old games. But once you have that new box, like unless there are games, new games coming out for that old system... Like there is right now, obviously we've got big, huge games coming out for 360 yeah. and, and uh, PS3 right now. You're why you you're not going to want to go back and play those old games. You're going want you're going to want to play the new stuff eventually. Maybe you're going to want to show people you know these older games. But I think, like you said, like if they were going to think about it is like the Xbox One thing confuses me a little bit more because it is you know obviously it's 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 more complicated architecture, but it's still basically. Like a PC architecture, which Xbox 360 was running off of as well, just right. a scaled down version of it, big time. Obviously, I don't understand why that couldn't have worked. You know, it, that seems to me like a software thing that they could have worked out. I understand it for PS3 to PS4 because you're going from really complicated processor, the cell processor, the cell. which is something that Sony created for itself, mm -hmm. to a standard kind of PC architecture. So I understand why those things don't kind of correlate with each other. The funny thing, though, is that P the PlayStation seemed to release more games as of now that were out on those older systems as new versions already. Like Dead Nation right. is out. You know, all the like, the Flow, Flower are, are, are both out. And they've got the upgrades as well. Exactly. So you which can are, upgrade your PS3 games yeah. to the PS4 format. So it seems weird to me that Xbox hasn't jumped on that a, a, a little bit more. But I think that just like when they came out the 360, they kind of want everybody to forget about the last system right now. Which is why we haven't, I think, which is why we're getting this delayed Titanfall for yeah. the 360. But Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really curious. Uh, you know, before we started recording the show, we all got to, I mean, Justin's been playing it for ever since its release. We'll, uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, Bobby, Jackie, and myself actually just got a taste, like uh, a round a piece of mm -hmm. the game. And uh, it was pretty intense. Yeah. I would be, I would be pretty upset if uh, there was a huge, like a noticeable drop off in quality from mm -hmm. uh, Xbox one to three sixty Cause it's something that I think would be a lot of fun in groups. I don't know how much I would play it alone. Cause I, I'm decent at first person shooters, but I'm certainly, I know people that make me look like uh, not even a novice, right? Like a super, super beginner. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was it was impressive and loud. Yes. It was loud. It was, it was. very loud. It was very loud. <laughs> Jackie has a good sound system, so we, we got to we got to experience it's that. Good. It's the full yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah, I gotta get me one of those bars. My uh my setup is uh, looking pretty rinky dink these days. So I did enjoy the game though. It was I'm not a first person right? shooter kind of player, but save I... it for the Titan Paul discussion, Jackie. <laughs> okay. I don't have the same lineup in front of me, okay. Uh, Justin, do you have any handheld systems? I have a Vita. You do. Oh, you're, you're the one. You're the one. You're the one guy. I'm one of two people in America who have a I was Vita. Like, I was in Best Buy this weekend and I walked past it and it said PS Vita. And I was like, what? What is that? I don't even know what it was. I actually do want one. I just, I just, I don't play like, uh, 
I never had a PSP, never mm. had a Game Boy, except mm. for the original Game Boy I got as a present. Uh, but I don't really have anywhere to go with um, mobile gaming. Like, I drive 10 minutes to work. Mm. I, you know... I bought yeah. the thing when I when it day came out because I'm like this is amazing, mm. and then I haven't touched I, I didn't touch it for like a year. The games library was like okay uh, right off the start, but now they've been pumping like indie titles like mad through that system. Mm. Tearaway is a fantastic game. Nice. So now I just play 45 minutes on my lunch break every day. There's Ali Ali, which is this terrific 2D uh, skating game, which is like skate and Tony Hawk mixed. It's phenomenal. Ooh. It's so good. And nobody, like, nobody owns this console, mm. Vita. It's going to die a slow death unless Sony does something. So they've incorporated that remote play with PS4, which is a nice feature to have. Yeah. But the game's like, people will say there's no games for the Vita, and that is just one of the biggest myths in gaming. Mm. What does the remote play do for PS4 owners? Uh, what you can do is, like, with the Wii and the gamepad, yeah. you can stream um, your PS4 screen to the Vita. So if your significant okay. other or if your family wants to use the TV and your PS4 is in like a main room, you can keep the PS4 going and then have whatever the game is come right to your Their Vita. version of like the picture-in-picture picture gaming. Yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't tried this, but supposedly you can do it um, across the country. Yeah, as long as your PS4 is on and it's connected to Wi-Fi, you can do it from oh. anywhere. Yeah. What? Well, that's yeah. an improvement on the way. Yeah, it absolutely is. I, yeah. Look, I think that wow. that's the reason I want it, right? Because I live in a, a one-bedroom apartment with, with my fiancé, and you know she's awesome about me playing games. She actually likes watching me play them, but there are times where she, you know, I want her to be able to watch what she wants to watch, but I still want to play the game that I'm playing. So, you know, I would I would love to have that. Like, I lo- that's why I, lo- I love that about the Wii U. I love that you can just be playing a game, and mm-hmm. then I can go, okay, just switch the TV and put it's fine, and I'll just keep playing right here. Yeah. So that's the main reason I actually want the Vita. There are cool games on it, and I do agree with you. It's a myth that there are no games, but I don't feel like there are a lot of games that are like, I need to buy the Vita to play this game. Yeah. You know, I, I heard Tearaway is very good, and, and I'm very interested in That's it, the closest thing they have. In that title. You should buy this system for this game. Yeah. Because it's so unique. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else like it, and it is one of the few games that makes uh, use of the touchpad. Right. And the motion controls. Yeah. It, no other games are really doing that. It's nice to have all these indie games coming, and it's nice to have cross-buy with the PS3, but uh, standing on its own two feet, the game has to be, you know, Uncharted's really good, Gravity Rush is really good, but Tearaway's that, that game right now, and I can't even, you know, recommend dropping $200 just to play Tearaway. Right, exactly. And the thing is, like, I, I see all these indie games coming to Vita, but I also see them all coming to PS3 or PS4. So it, it, it to me, it's like, okay, I would like to play those games, but if I can put them on something I already own, no. then why do I need to buy the Vita? Especially because you said, I don't have a commute either. Like, I drive to work. I can't play a game when I'm driving to work. That's my not problem safely with the anyway. Yeah. yeah, not safely. <laughs> exactly. So I, I have, you know, we'll get to my stuff anyway later, but, like, I, I feel like that's the main, that's the hang-up with Vita. It's like, what, except for these kind of add-on features that come with it that are, like, really great for PS4 owners, and if you're a PS Plus, I mean, if you have a Vita, you know, a PS Plus, you're, you're a crazy person. Right. But I feel like what's the thing that makes me go, I need this system, it, you know, as an addition? What, what makes me spend $200 on it? That's uh, the issue to me. For someone who doesn't own the mm-hmm. Vita, me, um, one, of the, this, one of the things that's really tempting me about it is the Borderlands 2 Vita bundle right, yeah. Yeah. that's supposed to be coming this spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's 200 for both the system and the game. Yeah. 
Um, my only thing is that I mean I've I've played and beaten Borderlands Two at least maybe five times, mm-hmm. but that game portable, if it runs well, if it performs well, that could be just incredible yeah. to have in your pocket. Yeah. I can't even imagine having a game that robust in in your pocket. That's perfect. You know, Borderlands is a perfect game for it. It's just like. I wish like something like Skyrim was on the Vita because Ooh. like I would sit in bed and play the game. I mean, I would sit there and play. I, you know, I'll do you know, forty five minutes before I go to bed, so I can just sit there and play, and I I can kind of get into the mode of falling asleep. Like that would be perfect. No, if I, Skyrim was portable. I would wither away and it's die. True, Jackie from would. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's <laughs> true. My uh, my friend Brendan, his girlfriend heather plays skyrim but she does something very peculiar you're talking about how you love skyrim yeah her ritual is this she plays the game and when she's playing the game she doesn't fight anything okay right she is running around in her armor she's fought to the point where she can take she could take a few punches in the face and and be okay (laughs) yeah but she goes into like the gardens and the valleys and the fields and shit yeah and every single time that she encounters a butterfly She'll strip all of her armor and all of her weapons, drop them on the ground or wherever the fuck they go. Yeah. And she'll prance around the field catching butterflies. Really and then she'll very calmly just put her armor back <laughs> on, put her pick up her weapon and walk to the next field or, you know, That's port very, to the next field. Strange. Yeah. It's yeah. it's something it's something not only to think about, but to <laughs> actually watch it and yes. watch the process and just how methodical. Like right. she's done this. Many, many, many times. It's so strange. And she's got like the button presses down where it's just like you blink and all of a sudden she's just naked <laughs> running around. It's it's what the I fun- did actually with the Skyrim thing, that's a little weird. I did discover a new thing I think could make money. I've just try- I've just gotta figure out how to market it. <laughs> so I have an elliptical machine, but it's just the feet, not the arms too. So your hands are free. So I put it in front of the TV. And when I run in Skyrim, I run on my elliptical. And then That's... when I stop to look at something, I stop. Did you see? It's great. It's like exercise and Skyrim. <laughs> it's perfect. There was this, uh, I was watching uh, an internet clip on YouTube. I think it was the show Shark Tank. One of those things where you bring your idea yeah. to the to the table and they decide whether or not to invest in it. And it was actually, it looked like a trampoline, yeah, but, I, with, I but with rollers <laughs> on right. it. So that you can like, and it harnesses you in, right? So you can actually walk in place, and you can turn, you can jump, and all these things. And the whole idea was not only to physically immerse the player in the game, yeah, but also to you know get you up off the couch and get exercise <laughs> and this that and the other thing. That's and amazing. the panelists, like it, lo- it, lo- it looked hopeful oh, for a second, really? and then they totally shit canned the whole thing. But they did it in such a way that it was really offensive you've seen all right so justin's seen it and they like they ripped into gamers and talking about how right. all we in are general. are yeah. just you know we don't want physical activity we want to sit on the couch and do nothing and have a, just a controller in our hands and that's enough and like the whole across the board just ripping into gamers and wow, i was i was weird. flaming pissed yes but um all right so bobby so you talked about uh, being able to bring your your Wii U games uh, around the house. Uh, what other systems do you own? Uh, I have an Xbox 360, uh, a PS3, and a PS4, and a Nintendo 3DS. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really... The funny thing is, like, 
I, I, I really like my Wii U quite a lot. Um, I am still waiting. I, you know, there, there it's gone through bursts, right? Like I, I, I've had like really intense times. Like when Super Mario Land, uh, Super Mario World 3D, I guess it was, right? Yeah, the one with the cat suit. Super Mario 3D Super Mario World. World 3D, 3D, 3D World. World. Yeah, uh, awesome. Played that game nonstop. Oh, it's fantastic. I loved NES Remix that they released uh, on the on the Wii Shop. Um, I, you know, I, I played some other stuff on there. Uh, the last couple of months have been kind of dry. There hasn't been a lot of stuff. I'm waiting for Mario Kart and Smash Brothers on that. But I think it's a really good system, and I, I love the kind of second screen play that that I get out of it. Um, 360 I've, has been the one that I've played the least in the last you know few months. Um, like Justin was saying, like the PS Plus thing is is fantastic. Like I I've, yeah. I've played through Brothers you know for free. I played through uh, Devil May Cry for, for free. The, the new one. Oh, I didn't get to I which get to I really dug. I really liked it quite a bit. Um, I've I've never been a big Devil Devil May Cry player because the the combos have just been too complicated for me. This one. It's less combos, but they, they bring it back enough where I could actually play through it, and I had a, a ton of fun mm-hmm. um, doing it. I mean, I have Bioshock Infinite and Tomb Raider, you know, just waiting on on my 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 my, my PlayStation, um, which has been awesome. And obviously, PS4 does the same thing, Outlast and stuff like that. It's been awesome. Um, I refuse to touch Outlast unless there's somebody else in the room. It's freaking terrifying. And I can't get anybody else <laughs> in the room to play it with me, so just sitting there waiting. So scary. I want Oculus Rift yeah. Outlast. <laughs> That's what I want. Um, and I, uh, 3DS has been great too. You know, it's one of those things where like, like I was saying before, I don't have a commute, so it becomes a little bit tough to, to play it a lot, but when there's a good game out for it, I'll, I get into it. Like, uh, the, the link to link between worlds. Yeah, Legend man, I game. devoured that game. Yeah, amazing. I would sit there and play it like for hours in my living room, you know, hunched over the little screen on yeah. my, on my 3DS playing it. You know, one of my favorite game experiences. You have the XL? I don't. I have the regular one. Oh, so do I. Yeah. Doesn't it hurt. It does hurt. I was, I have, no, I have the XL and that hurts. When I was it's in so bo- big and heavy. Ah, uh, but my my hands, I'm, I feel so cramped. Yeah. When I'm playing, you get the you get the the DS you get the claws. claws. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. You got it too with the regular original DS when you played like the Metroid Prime Hunters game. Like, yeah, you, totally. You get the, like yeah. the carpal tunnel in your hands, yeah. but. Oh. Uh, I, it's all the my I like them all equally. The fun thing is like the Xbox, which was one of my favorite systems of all time. Like Jackie was saying, the 360. I mean, the first you know five years I had it, I it was the system, you know. And I I feel like I, I don't play it as much anymore, mainly because of the PS Plus thing. I, I don't right. really buy games for my my PlayStation Three anymore, but I've gotten so many. You that's know, what, that's what well, made me Plus. switch. Yeah, that's what made me switch from Xbox over to PlayStation. Was yeah. I was getting free games on PlayStation that I wasn't getting on Xbox. Yeah, and that's what made me make the switch. But you get the original Gears of War when you're a gold member. Right, Halo Three, which came out eight years ago. I'm getting a game that came out not a year ago on on PS Plus. So right. I mean, those those two systems of they you know PS Plus when I th- feel like when it first came out, people kind of laughed at it. No nah, man, when I when I get Don't Starve Day One, that's fourteen ninety nine for everyone else, and I get it for free. Or Dead Nation, uh, oh, the, yeah. the new like apocalypse yeah. version mm-hmm. for free. Oh yeah, I huh. ridic- I, I love it. I mean, when like when, years ago when it first premiered, yeah. people kind of scoffed at it. Yeah, you know, and, and now I feel like it's it's an intrinsic thing. If you're a gamer, you need to have the PS Plus if you have, if you have a PlayStation platform of any kind. But, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jackie, what do you got? Uh, we're actually recording from Jackie's home yes. uh, this evening in particular. So what do we got in the house? In the house, literally, downstairs in the basement, I have still my N64, my Mega Drive, my... Mega Dream Drive? Sega Mega Drive. What? Now, yeah. yeah, what was it called over here? The Genesis. Genesis. So it's called <laughs> the Mega Drive in England. So I have my Sega Mega Drive, still. I have the Dreamcast down there. Nice. My PlayStation, my PlayStation 2. 
Um, but they're all in a box somewhere because, okay. you know, I guess that survey about the 5% rings true and I don't <laughs> use them anymore. Okay. Um, but up here I've got the Xbox One, the Wii U, the Wii uh, and the 360, which even having had the Xbox One for the last four or five months, um, I still play the 360 more than anything else. Nice. So that's my systems. Oh, I have the 3DS, but it's my son's, so I never get to play it. <laughs> Luke doesn't let you. No. no. Also, I bought him five games for Christmas, and he lost the Oh, well, you case. sealed your own fate, So then. Yeah. So we lost, like, everything. We have no games for wow. anymore. Yeah. All right. Let me see. What do I got stashed around? What do I still have? All right. Well, I've got hooked up in the house uh, actively. I have my PlayStation 2 which is still my original release. Uh, my PS3 fat that I travel with everywhere. The thing still runs like a dream. My 360, which is my fourth 360. <laughs> we'll get into that in another podcast. Uh, I have a Sega Dreamcast hooked up. I have virtually every single game for that system, including wow. a bunch of Japanese imports. Wow. I went Fast fishing, because that was always my favorite. I went apeshit. With the Dreamcast. <laughs> I went absolutely bananas with that system. I love that system. Some there will be... Power Stone? Uh, duh, that's my trigger word, man. <laughs> I will... We'll get to that, too, because we have we have some listener... Uh, not listen, I keep saying listeners. You know what? Damn it. They are, because they're going to listen to this. They, they are, are yes. listener listener questions that we'll get to later. But uh, I have a 3DS. I have a, I have a DS. I have a PSP. I have a Genesis, I have a Nintendo, I have a Super Nintendo, I have a Sega CD, I have uh, an old Neo Geo somewhere, and PS4, did I say 360? Yes, yes right. you did, uh, your fourth one. And I have a... You should have written them all down. I should have written them all down, <laughs> and I have a banging PC uh that plays virtually any game that's out right now like a dream hmm. so uh i am hooked up and I, I i do enjoy it i've been uh you know i've been gaming for a long time and i'm, I'm just really super happy to have so many things at my disposal or if i don't have them I have friends that do, and now that I know that both Jackie and Justin have an Xbox One, <laughs> guess who's going to be over a little bit more? <laughs> um, so, we've talked a lot about games that uh, you know we love and systems that we love or have, but uh, let's move ahead to to some current gen stuff and uh, talk about what we've been playing. You know, last couple weeks or since we decided to birth this little podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know what? Since we were talking about it before, why don't we just get into it? Uh, Justin, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what are you thinking of Titanfall? Well, Titanfall is pretty awesome. That's, uh, that's I like awesome. it a lot. <laughs> uh, when I, I was actually going to hold off on the Xbox One. I was just going to go straight PS4 because I knew I would get it eventually when Halo came out because I really do enjoy the Halo games, even though more, I'm... Uh, more of a PlayStation gamer now. And then I saw the E3 uh, presentation for Titanfall, and I was like, well, there goes $500. <laughs> so I got the system at launch, and I've barely touched it since. Uh, I played Rise. I played um, a little bit of um, Dead Rising, and I've just been biding my time waiting for Titanfall. I got it on Tuesday last week, 
then of course I couldn't play it because Xbox Live was down. Yeah, dude. Remember when you texted me about that? Oh, I was so pissed. I was like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna take a day off of work to play video games oh, because no. that, you always, because that's mature. You always hear about those people that do that, right? <laughs> right. And he's one of them. Yeah, I took the I day thought, off. And, and, and the network was down? Uh yeah. I got to play about two hours and then I was like, Oh, this is so good. I'm just gonna take a little break. Some of my friends were gonna come <laughs> over and I was gonna be like, Come look at this amazingness. Right. And they came over, and it was uh, Xbox Live was down until like about midnight. Oh no, that so is the worst timing ever. I got back on at midnight, and I played for like another two hours because <laughs> that's responsible. Yeah. And then got up for work the next day. So here's the deal with Titanfall. It's really good. It's an enjoyable game uh, for anybody who likes first-person shooters. If mm-hmm. you do not like first-person shooters, it's not really going to change your mind about them. It's okay. fun. It's fun to get into big robots and punch other robots and run over, you know, other players and shoot things and run on walls and do all sorts of crazy, amazing stuff. There's just these in Titanfall, there's these little moments that happen all the time where if you're in a room with friends, you want to jump up and be like, oh, my God, did you just see that? Did you just see what I just did? (laughs) Nice. Whether it's, you know, you're punching a pilot that's ejecting out of another Titan, grabbing him and throwing him against the wall. You can do that? Yes, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Sweet. Um, or having as, you know, everyone got to play around before, Jackie dropped her Titan <laughs> on top of another Titan, which is incredibly hard to do. I've done it once. She's like, I don't really know how to play first-person shooters. I had shooters. no idea what I was doing. Titan? As it comes down, kills like nine people. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, so instantly better than me now. <laughs> um it gets uh, it's getting a lot of uh, well, it's Call of Duty with robots, which I'm going to defend for a yes, long time. Yes, you're very it's, adamant about I'm very this. Very adamant right? about but it. But let me yeah. ask you, like, I understand, like, you not wanting to to be Call of Duty with robots because it it's a game that was developed for a very long time, and it's not just a copy. And people, it's very easy to say that, right? Because the respawn guys are the guys who invented Call of Duty. Yep. Who also invented Medal of Honor, you know? So it's. They are the they are the fathers of the modern first person shooter in, in every single way, mm-hmm. but why is it such a like um, derogatory thing to call it? It's I, I Call of Duty say, with robots. I wouldn't say it's derogatory. Um, call of Duty to me is not. I, I don't really have fun with Call of Duty multiplayer mm, okay. at all, and I unless you're super into it, it's a very um, hard wall to climb because the guys who play that game they play that game. And you come in and you die instantly all the time if you're new to it. And, you know, I've, I've played Call of Duty games. I played Black Ops 2s for a good while. And I just, I never really got in, into the swing of things. I didn't like the fact that you could kill five or six people, call in a helicopter and get 15 more kills. Right. You're not doing yeah. anything there. You're just hitting a button and you're racking up kills. It's cool that you got the five in a row, but I never really liked kill streaks. The movement in Call of Duty is it's like any other first person shooter. There's a lot of camping. Not my type of thing. Titanfall is so different. Because the thing that stands out the most isn't the Titans. That's a cool aspect. The mm. thing about the game that's amazing is the movement. You can go anywhere. You can pretty much run nonstop on walls and just jump around, do parkour stuff. You see a guy that's camping? No problem. Oh, you're all like you're on top of a building. In other games, you have to be like, all right, where are the stairs? How do I get up there? Right. Did he lay C4? Did he lay a claymore? I didn't even think of that before. That's mm. a really good point. You just can run, jump. You're being chased by somebody. You just run up a wall and get out of the way. The movement in the game, it, to me, is the part that makes it almost a must-play because it's simple. You guys played it. Like, There's no like barrier like, all right, how many buttons do I got to hit to do this correctly? It's like, I think I could do this. Oh, wait, I can do this. Mm-hmm. It's true. Really cool. Like I said, I am horrible at first-person shooter games. Dreadful. 
And so I wasn't actually looking forward to playing it that much. But it was within like 20 seconds of playing it, I was like, oh, this is quite fun. <laughs> I quite like this. I'm like running around and shooting people. And it was it was good. It was, is, I, I've watched about 10 people play it for the first time. Some people don't like first person shooters. Some yeah. people really do. And to me, like you can't play that game without having a smile on your face. I get killed. I don't yeah. even get mad. It's just like, I just want to get back <laughs> in there. I want to exactly. get in my Titan. Everybody gets to get into a Titan. Yeah. They don't hold the mm-hmm. toys on, you know, mm-hmm. unless like you're, you know, for another game, so, you, know, you might not get the best kill streak bonus unless you get 15, 16 kills in a row. In this game, everybody gets to play with all the toys. Everybody yeah. is guaranteed to get into a Titan. Right. Everybody can use the cool burn cards when they get them. And everybody gets the same ones. It's just random how they come. Right. So but, it's a game that just invites people to play it and enjoy it. Yeah. Let well, me. Uh, uh, no, no, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Do you find that because uh, I only played the one round, but do you find that the on on the ground combat is equal to that of being in the Titan? Like, do you find that they're both equally fun? Like, you're not just waiting to get into the Titan yes. to like whoop ass. Ex- the reason that they're as equally fun, like I said before, is the movement. It just yeah, it makes it so you can go anywhere and do anything. There are cool things that you could do where. You know, the the melee in that game is a jump kick. I'm sorry, but I don't care who you are. If you <laughs> see a guy running around jump kicking, you're like, that guy's awesome. I want him to be my friend. So <laughs> I think the Titan, being in the Titans is probably the part that's more fun because that's there aren't many games where you're in a big mech. Right. And when you're in a big mech in those games, you're very slow. Right. And your movement is restricted. It's cumbersome. In Titanfall, it feels the same. Even though the movement's different, you can't run up walls because that would be crazy to see Titans running up walls. Yeah, it'd be a little uh, ridiculous. <laughs> it's not like the whole it, rest of the game isn't. It's, you still <laughs> felt like you're moving you're, fluidly. Yeah, you can yeah. dash. You can move forward. You're not restricted. It feels yeah. like you're a pilot or a player just in a big robot suit. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think both have their, their advantages. There are certain burn cards that you can get that are specifically for a player. Where you know you're getting a one like a, a one shot bonus, right? So you would you know use this burn card and it may give you an amped gun or you know what's also really fun is as you're a pilot there's a there's a lot of fun to be had when you're jumping on an enemy titan and destroying it. Word. Or that you was know, good using, fun. Using yeah. a rocket launcher to destroy a titan. Yeah, I saw Bobby do that a few times. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's cool. I mean, yeah. I, but the thing I wanted to ask you though, and you mentioned this before, and I was going to chime in before. You keep saying burn cards. That's ex- that was my question. Yeah. What the hell is a burn card? A burn card if you're familiar with Call of Duty, would be like a kill streak. Okay. So you get a bonus. So I think once you hit like level 11, which is pretty quick, maybe about an hour, an hour's worth of playing, you'll get three burn cards that you could bring into a match with you. And they, they range from, let's say, like an XP bonus to an amped weapon to you might just, you know, you could pick being a uh, Spectre, which is a robot, which it really has no diff- no discernible bonus whatsoever, except for the fact that when you're running, you hear your gears moving and stuff. It's like a silly mm. little thing. You could get your Titan. You could shave off time from your Titan coming. It's about three minutes mm. when you first start. Uh, so you could shave off 40 seconds. So those are called burn cards. You use it. You have it until you die. And when you die, you could select another two that you bring into the match with you. Oh, so it's like perks. Yeah, it's a perk yeah. that you could use. Um, do they Now, do they... Um... They're burn cards, so if you use them once in a match, and then once you die, they're gone. Yep. The next match you go into, do you still have those burn cards? You have, uh, I think you can carry about 15 to 20 okay. in your stash at all times. Oh, all right. whoa. But you're constantly getting them. Right, so okay. If you're not paying attention, not using them, you'll get to a point where they're like, well, you have too many, we can't give you anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. The game is, it wants you to use them. Right. It wants you to get a better rocket launcher than the one that you already have. It wants you to use... Um, 
this thing that will help you get into your Titan faster. The way that you get into your Titans normally is you'll be killing other opponents or the AI in the game, and that shaves down the time to get into the Titan. So if you're using those burn cards correctly, you know, and they're, you know, I'm going to say there's no real correct way to use them. It's just whatever, whatever you have is going to help you no matter what. Right. It shaves down the time you get into the Titan, you run around, you punch stuff. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Cool. Interesting. Let me ask you this. Is, uh, in your <laughs> estimation, people have been waiting on this game and they were actually packaging this game as a free download for like a very finite period of time from launch, I think for a week or maybe through the weekend. Actually, and this speaks more to the sales of Xbox One right now. I don't think this was planned, but they want to move consoles. So they're including their best game with it for free. You could right. walk into Toys R Us right now and buy one. I was there on Sunday. Oh, don't tell me that. And you get it for free, um, which is really a pain in the ass because if you're an early adopter who bought the system, you're right. kind of getting screwed here. Yes, very much. Which is annoying. But if you don't have an Xbox One, you're interested in this game. You like first-person shooters. It is right on the line of this is a game that you would spend $500 for. It's To me, it's right on that line. I, as I was mentioning before to you guys, I don't play online games by myself anymore. I just, I can't. I get too frustrated. I get angry at 13-year-olds yelling at me. <laughs> and then if I want to engage them, I feel even sillier. So I'll only play multiplayer online shooters with friends. I cannot put this game down. I'll play it by myself. I don't care. It's too much fun. Nice. Cool. Um, how's the, uh, before we move on, I have one more. How's the crowd? How are the, the players? Are they your typical squealers and bros and all that? I'm not sure if this is um, the system right now. I really don't hear that many people talking. Okay. You know, a lot of people I think are in a party system people and they're coughing talking. and eating popcorn. Yeah, I think but the, I think they're 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 buddied up with their friends. I think the number of times I heard somebody being annoying was once. Okay. Um, I haven't gotten teabagged yet, which is kind of amazing. Can you I, teabag in a mech? Yes. You <laughs> can you what? You can. Oh, sold. Well, <laughs> I, had a friend, I had a friend come over who was, you know, one of the guys who likes teabagging, and I wanted to throw him out when he started teabagging. Such a weird conversation yeah. to be really having. Is. My friend really, really loves teabagging. <laughs> well, if you met him, you would see why. <laughs> but yes, you can do that in a mech. Um, but I haven't come across, like, to me, like, that just screams. I mean, Call of Duty has, you know, made a commercial about that this year where the guy's yes. drinking his coffee yes, and the guy behind that. him is constantly dipping his tea bag in and out of his tea and he's like you know what i'm doing right now and you know what i'm doing it's like call of duty that's not my crowd and mm -hmm. so far that hasn't been the crowd that i've run across i've spent about 15 hours in the game enough to get to the max level once right and then you could and it's called generation you can go to a generation two pilot reset your stats and whatnot okay so you, you could prestige yes you could prestige okay. um in transformers they called it you know going prime there's <laughs> nice. every game does a different thing and if Star you do legendary yes yeah. legendary yeah. sweet um it's really good. It's a good game. So you like it? I like it a lot. I think that's a ring-in endorsement. Yeah. So the only thing I want to ask you about, right, is that there's like this kind of faux single-player mode, right? Yes. Where you, there's a story mode where you can move through bits. Really, single-player matches, and I think Giant Bomb called it an audio book that plays it's... while you're doing, you know, you're doing multiplayer matches that give you kind of a, a um, a oh, kind of a bare bones story as you're going through my question to you though is and you can explain the single player story when you know after but the for someone who is invested in playing single player 
this is is a single payer good enough where I will get something out of it and be happy with it? Or if that's what I'm looking for, is this maybe not the game to jump in with if I'm looking to buy an Xbox One? It's a good question. It's a very good question. This is not the game for you then. There is no single player campaign in this game at all. They wanted to try a multiplayer campaign where there is a story going on around you. There's two sides to this. There's the militia and the IMC. And there's about nine to ten rounds that you'll play in the campaign for each side. Win or lose, doesn't matter. You just keep on going. You could lose all nine. You could win all nine. It doesn't really matter. At the end of each one, you get a titan. But it really misses the mark. Uh, There's too much going on in the round for you to really discern what's going on. Uh, There's people talking, you know, on a little box on the, you know, on the uh, top right of your screen. And there's a story playing out around you. The AI is doing stuff around you, uh, but you can't tell. You're trying to take points. You're trying to kill other players. You're trying to get in your Titan so you could punch people. It does not hit the mark at all. It's an interesting idea. It's one that I really hope that they build upon. It would have been better to me if they had had maybe in between the games cutscenes or they had a match where you start and then later in the match, the other players come in. So you're getting an idea of the world. Hmm. The world is cool. It's an idea that definitely needs to be explored more. I think it'd be cool if more games tried this and built upon what they're trying to do here. But if you're looking for like a single player experience where there's a story and you're going to get stuff from the story and learn about the world that way, it's not for you. Mm, interesting. Okay. Do you think uh, you think that Titanfall is going to spawn like a new movement? in first-person shooters that there's going to be people that bite off of the whole mech ground combat uh, mixture? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. If, that's what I, I got a feeling of that, if too. If Call of Duty doesn't have mechs within the next year or two, I'll be shocked. <laughs> Interesting. They'll, they'll, but they'll actually call them mechs instead of titans. <laughs> right. Indeed. It's, right. They, they have something here. Um, it's got great reviews all over the place. Right. Um, there are a couple of, like, Minor things with the game that I don't like: the frame rate, as you guys could see. Sometimes. Yeah, it was a little yeah. choppy. It gets yeah. choppy. When I got in the t- when I got in the the Titan at one point, it got really, really choppy. Yeah, there is there's parts where it doesn't come into play at all, and you mm. think it's going to, and then there's like, oh, I got into a Titan, and your frame rate slows down by like fifty percent. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Respawn says they're looking into stuff like that. Mm. They're actually looking to up the resolution as well. With the power of the cloud. With the power of the Microsoft <laughs> cloud. Uh, there's other minor nu- uh, nuances with the game. You can't rename your custom classes, which mm. doesn't seem like a big deal. But when you have certain classes built certain ways, like you can choose the heavier Titan to mm. you know, um, have more armor and basically be a tank to take out other Titans. Or you have a Titan that's meant to be a ground guy, like go around getting other players, capturing points. It, it's, it's silly that you can't rename them. You can't do private matches with friends. Right, which is weird. Which is crazy, considering yeah. we're in 2014, and people have friends that they want to just play with. And it's a six-on-six game only. So, yeah. you know, most people have 12 friends who would play this game with them if they have an Xbox. Yeah. So not to not be able to do that is silly. So you can't make any private sessions? Not yet. Respawn says they're looking... Well, they're going to be adding more game modes and types in. So there's a good chance that private matches are coming. Feels a little premature for the release if they're thinking about implementing all these things that quite possibly should have been there to begin with most likely this was a launch game that missed the date anyway and microsoft and ea were just like let's get this thing out as soon as possible i remember when it was announced and i and then i like all of a sudden it was coming out 
Yeah. You know, I, I, I turned around and it, you know, Titanfall and blah, blah, blah. Well, and I'm, is, what? This is one of those rare games where it's announced at E3 and then it's out within a year. Most games announced at E3 are coming a year or two later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Watch Dogs is a great example yeah. of that. We're still waiting for that two years right. out. Yeah. I, you know, I we like I said, Steve said we played a little bit. We played a match of it, and yeah. I I did really like the the fact how fast I felt as the kind of pilot running around, and and I felt very free, and I felt like yeah, there's a guy in a giant robot, but I don't feel as long as I'm not on the ground directly in front of that guy in the giant robot, I don't feel like I'm at a disadvantage. You know, because if if I'm anywhere around him where he's not directly looking at me. I have a very good chance of taking him down as much as he has a chance of, of taking me down. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so I felt like that was great. And when you're in the Titan, you know, like you said, it you are limited. You can't really you can't you can't scale the walls like someone else is scaling the walls. You can't move as fast, although you don't move as slow. It's almost like when I'm out of the Titan, I feel like I'm playing in a fa- a first person shooter in fast forward. And when I'm in the Titan, I feel like I'm just playing like kill zone. But that's you know, that the the speed in which I'm playing. Interesting. Yeah. You know, so it, it was it was fun, and I I always felt like I was doing something at least, even though I I came in last in the match I played. I feel like I did a couple of things and I had fun doing it. Yeah. So that to me is awesome, you know. <clears throat> that to me, she was closer to like what I, I was talking about when we were playing about playing Halo, which I'm a pretty good Halo player. I'm not a great Halo player, but at least even when I'm losing, I feel like I'm I have a fighting chance. Yeah. That I'm doing mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I play Call of Duty, I feel like. What constantly happens is I spawn, I run out, I, there are two shots, and I'm dead. They still haven't fixed some of the spawn points for you know? that game, yeah. But in regards to spawn points, I just feel like I'm always dying and never getting shots off, you know? Hmm. Here I feel like I'm. Uh, there's a little bit, It's such. It's there's so much mayhem, I feel like I have a chance because there's so much mayhem. It's <laughs> all aimed at you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Um, we'll probably be bringing you a lot more on our thoughts uh, for Titanfall as we move forward with this podcast, because uh, th- at least three of us have just only had a taste of it mm-hmm. and uh, probably we'll find a way or two to, to play it a little bit more as the weeks go on. But uh, let's stick in the first person type of games. And actually, uh, Jackie, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you uh, your experience with Thief? Yeah, actually, I... First of all, played on the 360 mm-hmm. because I read the reviews that came out and they were terrible. And I didn't want to waste the money buying a game that, from what I'd read, was going to be 15 hours max with every collectible and every achievement. And Whoa. so, you know, I read the reviews. So I rented it and uh, I played it for Smart. a bit. Yeah, you know, it's like $2 a day. It's a no brainer. You Redbox it? Yeah. <laughs> so I got it from Redbox. Um, I'd say it. It looks really good. Gameplay and cutscenes, they do look good. Mm-hmm. Um, the gameplay is very much like an RPG where the only thing you can do is stealth mode. Because like, if you get caught, you get spotted by a guard. They've got swords and stuff and you've got what looks to be like a big dildo <laughs> that you hit them over the head with. Is the only way I can explain it. <laughs> really doesn't do much. Is it double-sided? Yeah. It's a little weird looking. And oh. the other funny thing with this game is one of my complaints about this game is you could easily have made this a T for teen or a, just anyone can play it. But instead it's M for mature because no other reason other than all the cutscenes have so many F-bombs. Really? And like I'm not a prude. But it's almost unnecessary because if you don't use those F-bombs, this is a game anyone can play. That's but they up. do. And then at one point, you're sneaking through a torture chamber or a morgue or something. 
they're searching the bodies for stuff and you have to while you're hiding in the shadows you end up listening to the npcs discussing cock rings it was the most <laughs> random thing that i've ever heard in a game in my life and this game didn't get great reviews yeah. <laughs> it was so bizarre having to listen to him talking about putting it on a gentleman's finger well i know that when i really have conversations weird. with my friends about <laughs> cock rings <I'm> yeah. <laughs> so yeah really really strange because it, it seemed so out of place it seemed like all these yeah. m for mature elements that had no reason to be in it whatsoever um the gameplay itself like i said is not bad it's just it gets a little repetitive because you're trying to sneak through and get to the objective of this mission uh -huh. but you will constantly if you're a completist like me you constantly get distracted by having to steal that pen or the the little weird picture portrait or a spoon and you start thinking to yourself why spoon. am i yeah in order to complete this game i need to steal a spoon not a silver plated spoon just a spoon so it starts to get a little ridiculous because right. you don't buy into the overall story because part of the game is doing these ridiculously mundane things you feel like you're just a, a beggar you know stealing a cup of coffee from 7-eleven it's just you know it gets very moot after a while what uh i'm curious what made you what what caught what made you want to play it to begin with um have you basically played the i really like dishonored Okay. Um, which I have to say, that's that's the main problem with this game is that it's been done. And so it, it feels like better. Dishonored Light. It absolutely feels like Dishonored Light. They did the steampunk aesthetic much better than this game does it. Hmm. The gameplay itself is very much the same. You can choose to do it stealth or you can choose to be a predator. But you have to, again, you have to be aware that if you're going to be a predator, you don't stand much chance with what you're <laughs> holding. So, you know, that even though you have the choice of doing the predator it really isn't a um an option it's not a very easy option to play and then they give you the bonus points for if you can get through the entire game without killing anyone so it has some longevity in that you do want to get all the collectibles you do want to play it different ways you want to try and get through the game playing it 100 percent stealth right but it gets you know from the four or five chapters i got through it gets very repetitive do you get frustrated and you don't want to do the stealth anymore? You just want to run out of yeah, and stab that's him in the, the face. The fifteenth time you're caught by that same guard who's in a different place every time you go in the room. Hey, you there? Exactly. It's the same, and it's also it's the same thing as the Assassin's Creed uh, thing where if they happen to just glimpse you, they get the eye above their head with like one dot. Right. Three dots means they're coming for you. Right. So it's you know it's a it's a similar uh, gameplay mechanism in that way, but it it gets frustrating. But the problem is it gets frustrated to the point where you just turn it off rather than trying to finish it. You just like, I've had enough of this. That's a shame. Yeah. So So you don't recommend it then? You recommend a rent rather I than definitely a buy. rent. I think it's worth playing because it looks nice and it, it's fun for a while, but I don't think it's worth 60 bucks. No. Right. And I definitely don't think it's... it's The other thing I read is that even uh, on the Xbox One, if you play it on the PC or play it on the PlayStation, it's like uh, 1080 and on the Xbox One, they've limited it to 900, so it's not even the best-looking game you're going to get on the Xbox wow, One that's either. Odd. Yeah, so. Huh. I know. That actually, the other thing I read about it with the reviews are saying it's really bad with the uh, loading screens. Like, some you'll go down an alleyway when you're not expecting. It's supposed to feel like an open-world game, uh -huh. but you'll go down an alleyway and it loads screens. Um, if you download it onto the console. That really isn't an issue at all. That was mm. one of the big issues I was reading about. But if you just download it onto the 360, it's not that bad. Does it have anything on story? Does is the, is that interesting? And does that keep you wanting to play the game? No, because again, you get distracted by 
you know, there is an overall Spoon. story. But yeah. yeah, when you know, you when you're walking through and they're talking about cock rings, I really I don't <laughs> know what else is going on at that point. You just want to really stand can... there and listen to the conversation yeah, and hear it out. Exactly. Yeah. Find yeah. out the size and the shape. <laughs> exactly. It was really strange. It's weird, right? Because Dishonored exists because of the old thief games, right? That that's mm-hmm. basically why Dishonored exists. Yeah. And now it's it's kind of become the thing that's outpaced the game that's in the same series that it yes. is sort of born out of. Yes. Which is a, it's an odd an odd thing. I I'm disappointed about the thief thing only because I loved um Deus Ex, uh Human Revolution. Yeah. That came out on the three sixty and the PS three. Oh, I remember I, when you were talking about that on Talking Comics. Yeah, loved it. And that was that thing was same developer. Um it, it it had the thing where you could do stealth or you could do action, and it, it works really really well. And so I was disappointed when when this game yeah. came out and it got such I kind was, of negative reviews. I was disappointed too. I went in wanting to like the game because yeah. this was the game that was going to get me from Xbox One launch where there's nothing I want to play through to June with the Elder Scrolls. Like <laughs> this is right in the middle. This would be the game that would get me through, and it's not. Yeah, it really is a shame. Yeah, that is a shame. Yeah. Um. So moving forward. Unless, uh, that those, is that your final answer? I, I was playing Dark Souls as well this week. All right. Well, I'm sure that the Dark Souls uh, conversation is going to be quite we extensive. So Bobby's yes. doing a little stretch. Yes. So we're going we're gonna to save that one for last. <laughs> but for right now, um, I'm actually just going to talk on uh, Marvel Heroes for a little bit. And uh, anybody, feel free to ask questions. I do not know anything about it. So if you could give us a little introduction to okay. it. Marvel Heroes is, uh, it came out a little bit over a year ago, and it is a free-to-play massive multiplayer online game based on the Marvel brand. You have characters from Miss Marvel to Iron Man, Captain America, Black Widow, uh, Jean Grey, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Moon Knight, you know, all of these, all of these characters that, uh, I mean, like 30, probably about almost maybe close to 30 characters. I think it's at 30 now. It is 30? Right. All right. So I should know. I play the damn game every <laughs> every day. But um, so it's from the people that made, uh, I believe it's from the people that made Diablo 2 and Diablo Lord of Destruction, that team. So if you take the Diablo style gameplay and you just throw a Marvel skin on top of it. Right. But, but. The thing about Marvel Heroes and what keeps me coming back, because I have, like, I have South Park Stick of Truth and I have Dark Souls and I have, you know, a bunch of other games. I always find myself in between those games coming back to this game. And, and, you know, in preparation for this podcast, I was asking myself, you know, why? Like, you have these other games at your disposal, yet you're sitting here for four, six hours watching (laughs) the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen last night, because we talked about it on the Talking Comic Mm -hmm. Books podcast, Mm -hmm. went home and, you know, leveled my Wolverine character while watching that, that, you know, subpar movie. (laughs) I I enjoy it, but I know a lot of other people don't. But um, it's about, for me, it's about the loot. I am a loot whore. Yeah, big yeah, time. I get that. I love the the possibility of a a new item dropping that just trumps whatever the hell it is that I've been running around with for X amount of time. Um, and also, one of the abs- the absolute biggest draw uh, of that game for me is its support and its community. Not necessarily the players, but the people that make the game. They 
completely and totally pay attention to every complaint, every bug. They are constantly updating it. The server time, sometimes, you know, it's down for maintenance or whatever, but there has not, that I can remember, there's not been a single time where that game has gone down for an extended period of time and not come back having fixed a, a multitude of things. Right. Uh, and always for the better. You know, they'll augment characters and they'll they'll change stats around, stuff like that. Um, they nerf something every now and again, but nothing too severe that maybe you lost the power of a certain move, but one of your other moves is now, you know, exponentially better. Uh, and they listen to the players, like I said, where so much so that you actually, the, the players themselves get to choose who enters the game as new characters. There was a, a, a voting session that went around before the close of the year, and based on those votes, they announced pretty much all of the characters for 2014. And it's it, there's something to be said about not knowing who's coming out and letting it be a surprise, but in all honesty, the next two characters to come out that have been announced are Doctor Strange and Susan Storm, the Invisible Woman. Right. I am all... <laughs> over that uh they have these things that drop in the game called uh eternity splinters and they're used as currency within the game that you can you can either trade them for items or uh if you're patient enough and you play the game enough you can amass so many of them you can actually purchase characters full-blown characters outright right um so if you have let's say like 200 splinters you can get a random box i have not had good luck with those I've done that three times, and all three times I've wound up with a character that I already have. But what they do in that case is that if you get a player token that already exists within your, your inventory or your roster, it will boost that character. It will give them like a plus one status. It's right, almost so like prestiging. Yeah, so you still get something for it. Yeah, you do. Um, it's, a, it's a little disappointing, though, when you do it three <laughs> times. And, you know. I play Simpsons Tapped Out, which is like a build-your-own-Springfield kind of game. Right. And they have a similar thing. It's like the mystery box. Yeah. And you can get the currency for the game, and you can get all these all awesome things. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, I get a fence. Right. And you're like, damn it! I waited all week for that, and I got a fence. Yeah, it's the yeah, it's the free annoying. to play thing to do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. it's it's cool because it's, it's box. the game is free to play, but it's not pay to win. Mm -hmm. That everything that you buy for that you purchase with your own money, because I've poured money into this game. I've spent, and it's a free game that I've spent probably close to realistically, I'd say maybe like one fifty uh, on the game. But it's all it's all out of, you know, I did that. I put the points in. I bought the stuff because I wanted, you know, the thing in his future foundation costume. Mm. Um, I wanted this character because the, the little trailer came out and I was like, oh, my God, I got to have it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the cool thing is, is that if you like I said, if you have patience and you play the game, you can earn virtually everything. Right. Within there's a couple of exclusives, um, especially for the people. Uh, the way the game actually got made was it was a uh, like a fan funded venture uh, in the beginning, and all of these people that put into this game before its release got like you know a, a package and got all of these characters. It's like a Kickstarter. Well, no, right. To be fair, they made the game and then they let people pay to play it early who like obsessed with Marvel. There you go. So you could pay like a hundred dollars to, to get a <laughs> pack. Yeah. I, I yeah. played the game 
um, I was oh, I, I remember it coming out with news about it coming out like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to PAX East in Boston last year, and they had tons of demo kiosks, and they were selling um, founders packs. Mm-hmm. I think the the main one where at the time there was twenty characters, you would get all twenty plus a wow. couple of um, special skins that were exclusive. Right, it was two hundred bucks. Yeah, I spent I think it was sixty, and I got the all new X Men or the all new uh, Marvel Now pack. Sorry, mm-hmm. nice. Marvel Now pack. So you got like Thor and Jean Grey, Cyclops's Marvel Now costume, and Rocket. Okay. And so yeah, that that's that's what I did. Nice. Mm. That game's great. Yeah, it really is, and. uh one of the things that they they do within the game is they're like I said they're constantly servicing the game they're constantly rebooting it and rebooting characters they do this uh this thing called the 52 review where they're taking characters and kind of they're not removing them from the roster you can still play as them but they'll be undergoing maintenance in the what they can do and when and just how powerful those things are And they'll come back and you might not have some of your skills that were previously available to you, but the things that you still have are exponentially more powerful. And those special moves, there's more of an incentive to play because once you get to level 30 and you've unlocked everything and you even have your ultimate attack, you know, some people that's enough for them and they want to move on because the only goal is to get all the moves or see them all. And then once you've seen it, well, you know, well, what's the point? Uh, especially with so many characters to jump onto, but uh, I've been I I crack out on it. I play it for hours and hours. I throw on my Gmail chat and mm-hmm. just talk to my friends and and run around. Um, I will uh, maybe in the show notes I'll include my name, uh, my account name mm-hmm. for that game. Cool. But um, honestly, I'll probably be talking about it uh, for a while or just, you know, updating you guys, giving little updates as to where I am in the game because I will be playing it for the foreseeable future, especially <laughs> with Doctor Strange and the Invisible Woman. I will get her to 60 in like a day. Hmm. I'll do it. I'm waiting uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for them to bring Venom. Venom is coming. Yeah, Venom's coming. That's the guy I'm really excited for. Yeah, I was a little disappointed in uh in Moon Knight. I wasn't I wasn't too thrilled by by his build and uh the first character to disappoint me in gameplay has been Rocket Raccoon. Um, yeah, I wasn't crazy about Rocket either. No, I'm really I'm really hoping that with the movie coming out and everything that there'll be a call for his character because playing the game and running around you don't see him very much there's a reason for that you see lots of squirrel girls though and that's amazing oh she's amazing (laughs) but you're you're calling out squirrels and they're literally raining from the heavens and and eating people and kicking them and everything it's fantastic but uh speaking of getting mauled and uh getting attacked yeah viciously Mm -hmm. To your death many, 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 many times. Uh, I believe this is the point in the show where we should talk a little bit about Dark Souls 2. It's our Dark Souls therapy so session. So could I, uh, I prequel this? Because mm-hmm. I Absolutely. haven't played Dark Souls 2, but I did go back and get the first one this week because I'd never played it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I did actually text Bobby earlier and said that I felt like it was crushing my gameplay self-esteem. I have never died so many times in a game just from random beasts. Mm-hmm. Like, not even the bosses, random beasts. Quick, have you played it? No, but there's something I do want to jump in with really Go quickly. for it. What's up? Uh, I saw this tweet earlier today, and I knew that this was going to come up. And this is a little picture, and it says Dark Souls in a nutshell. I'm just going to read it really quickly. It has 
this guy on the stairs and it starts out he's sitting there and he's like i won't do it and every step it changes so it goes i won't do it i can't do it i want to do it how do i do it <laughs> i'll try to do it i can do it you died <laughs> so true yeah, it's so, so soul crushing so before oh, before you God. continue let's just let's just take a quick little poll yeah what what caused you to die for the first time? Because I'm, I'm I'm curious to see if this is going to be the same thing all around. I have a great one. Are you I talking about Dark Souls one. Two right yes. now? Yes, okay. for, for you, Dark oh, Souls okay. Two. What caused you to die the first time, Bobby? What was the first time you? So up? you get spawned in. You make your character. Um, not make your character. You just kind of spawn into the world. You have this beautiful cutscene, and then you jump into this pit in the cutscene. You wake up in this field. Yeah. And you have to walk. All you have to do is, well, there's no enemies. You have to walk <laughs> to a house. I I hope that you did the same thing. I did. I'm just walking, walking, walking. It's this tall grass. It's tall grass, tall grass. All of a sudden, I just fall to my death off a cliff. <laughs> and what? Great. And what was right next to you? A bridge. Yes, <laughs> that's the that's same awesome. spot. Yeah. That is great. You it's both the same did spot. That. I was like, oh, there's where I have. There's the bonfire in the distance. Yeah. La 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 la. What the? Yeah. You died. Awesome. You died. And then I get a little little trophy pop that says, right. this, "This is Dark Souls." Souls. Yeah. That's awesome. I've, I've heard about this trophy. Yeah. My yeah. first, my first on uh, again Dark Souls one is yeah. I went through and you first meet what looks like a big fat sad dragon yes it's the only way to describe it. yes yeah, so you run away from it the first time right and then you go around the corner a little and there's the white wall and i haven't played it before but i go through the white wall and it brings me out onto this ledge very very small ledge and i look down and there is the big fat dragon mm -hmm. and so i take literally three seconds to think to myself okay how do I kill the big fat dragon? When the big fat dragon flies in the air, swats me off the ledge, you died. It's like, you gotta be kidding. It took three seconds to think about it and I'm dead already because nice. apparently this big fat dragon can fly. Now, are you playing Dark Souls or are you playing yes. Demon Souls? No, Dark Souls. Okay, so you're playing yeah. all right, Dark yeah. Souls. It's just, but like I said, it's just you come across a random skeleton guy with the sword, which in Skyrim, yeah, you kill it easy. This, dead every single time. I don't think I've got anywhere yet. Like, I literally hmm. feel like I haven't even completed a level. Like, it's Did you get depressing. past the uh, asylum demon? Yeah. I okay, got past well, then the you asylum. got somewhere then. Yeah, yeah you're but, getting there. But you get to this first place, oh, and yeah. there's like three or four different paths. Mm. I've gone down every path. I've died every time. Yeah, so. well, you're going to die to all of them. You want to go to Blight Town though. You don't want. You want to make sure you don't end up like in the sewers and stuff like that. Because yeah, you, if you end up get skeletons that respawn themselves, you have gone the wrong way. <laughs> this is pretty. Th what she's talking about is pretty okay. fresh for you, right? Like you just played. You've just this year. Is it this year or maybe late it last? Was late year last year that you got into Dark I got Souls. Into Dark Souls. I didn't even right. beat the first Dark Souls. I just played like enough of it yeah. to be like I, I I understand. I'm in. When Dark Souls Two comes out. Yes. I'm gonna play it from the beginning. All right, so yeah. tell me, tell me about Dark Souls two then. So I mean, I mean, Steve is the obviously Steve is the Souls veteran uh. right here. So I, when Demon Souls came out, I heard about it and people explained it to me. And I, the first thing I said to all the people was, "That sounds horrible. Like what you <laughs> what you're describing to me sounds like the exact <laughs> opposite thing I want to do in a video game." And when Dark Souls came out, we had just started the Talking Comics podcast and we did a, a games show. And Steve was talking about it, and I, I borrowed it from him. I played it for a couple of hours, and I had the same exact reaction. I was like, I, I cannot spend three hours and get nowhere. I, it didn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. But what did I tell you? Listen, everybody. Everyone tells you the same thing. The that pep like, talk. That, what is know? it? Give me the pep talk. I'll give you the Dark Souls pep talk. Because <laughs> I turn it off after twenty minutes every single time. <laughs> okay. Right now. This is how the Dark Souls pep talk starts. Yeah. 
you're gonna die. <laughs> okay, you're gonna die a lot. Mm. You're gonna die a lot. And here's the thing, though: every time that you die, you're gonna get a little bit smarter, and you get a little bit craftier, and you're gonna start to see patterns. Right. You're gonna want to hug the crotch and strafe to the right. <laughs> try and get try and get him in the back is is one of it's it's a it's a pretty surefire way of defeating anything. But right. the pep talk for Dark Souls is this. You will eventually vanquish the enemy. It might take you several times, right. but you'll do it. And when you do it, yeah, it will feel earned and it will feel amazing. Actually, that is true. Just with the uh, asylum demon or the big fat dragon yeah. thing is I actually I got so frustrated with that. I was getting annoyed and I turned it on to show my other half. Right. And as I'm playing it, I was telling him how much it was pissing me off. And I beat him. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, you have no idea how good that feels. Think of it like this. Think of it like this. Think of it like a like Final Fantasy, like an RPG, right? Yeah. Where, you know, you always start out and you're you're fighting something that's the equivalent of like rats. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And yeah. even this little thing that's in, off in the field somewhere, the music comes in and it kicks your ass. Yep. And you're pissed. But then a little while into the game, it levels One up and, you're done. and, and you yeah. got to like, you know, you got to go back to that town because you got to get that item that's locked in the chest or whatever. So you're going back and all of a sudden, you know, the music goes in and it's that asshole <laughs> that in the beginning of the game fucked your shit up. And yep. you're like, well, you know what? I'm a level 27 now. <laughs> so what? And you just you hit the attack. And before the thing even gets draws breath, it's dead. Yep. And, you know, victory music comes in every De- every enemy death in Dark Souls yeah. feels that way. Right. Uh, and also, my thing about Dark Souls that I always tell people is that every single damn thing that happens in that game is your fault. If right. you die, it is your fault. It's because you misstepped. It's because you lunged when you should have parried. It's because you ran out of stamina or right. you didn't remember that so there was the a game, ledge behind you. The game you. teaches you that there is a way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. And when you do it, it feels, like I said, it feels amazing. Yeah. And once you hit that point, once you realize that, like your first real victory, when you're just like, oh, <laughs> that will keep you coming back for more. And right. you'll be, even after you turn it off, you'll be thinking about it. And that applies to the second one as well. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I feels think that good. it feels great. And the, the, the funny thing for me was, you know, mm-hmm. I decided I'd watched... Uh, uh, on the we- uh, website, I'd watch somebody playing the game, and that was what made me go. Let me try the game again. Now I've watched this guy play. I kind of understand the systems a little bit more. Let me now watch after I've watched the game. Let me go back and play. And once I'd done that, I started to get it a little bit. And th- the thing about it is, look, the- Steve is absolutely right. The-, the combat system is very precise and very particular, and y- you have to play along with its rules. And if you don't, you're going to die. You cannot play it. Like you play other modern games, it it plays against all of the tendencies you have. Like we were talking about Titanfall before, you cannot play it like that kind of game. You cannot go, okay, I am the fucking badass here. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna shoot, and that guy's gonna die. That's not what's gonna happen. You go in and you play like that, you are going to die over and over and over and over yeah. again. And there's no yeah. way you're going to win. I did quickly learn actually that 
hacking and slashing with the sword was not going to get me anywhere. Yeah, absolutely no. not. Yeah. You have to go in and you have to say, look, look, and it's the exact opposite of most video games. It's not a power fantasy. It becomes one after you get really leveled up, but it starts as a disempowerment game where you are the weakest thing in the entire world. Mm-hmm. In this entire game space you're playing in, you are the weakest. So you have to play the smartest until you're not the weakest anymore. The thing about Dark Souls is that even once you become the strongest, <laughs> you're always becoming somebody who's stronger than you. You're going to get to that point. So, you know, you know the, that that is awesome about the game. And I think my fiance described it best is that you develop a Stockholm syndrome with the game, <laughs> totally. where, you, where you fall in love with how fucking hard it is to play the game, right? Um, and you play it, and you realize at a certain point that it's not necessarily hard. It's just very particular, and you have to play along with its rules. You cannot. You have to play it the way that it's supposed to be played, or you're going to die, and that's just the way it goes. Um, there are aspects of the game that are hugely frustrating. I mean, the menu system of the game and the way the game explains itself is mind-boggling. I cannot tell you how many times I've gone into the menu and then like continued on my merry way mm-hmm. and forgot to press circle or back oh, yeah. again. Yeah. And I go to attack something and realize that I'm still in the menu. Yeah. And I'm getting, you know, yes. eaten alive. Yeah. The thing about the game is right, it's it's oh it's online always. You, there's a there's a very interesting multiplayer component to the game where you can be summoned into other people's games. You can mm-hmm. summon them. People can invade your games and try to kill you. There's a lot of stuff wow. going on. So you can't pause the game. You cannot push right. pause. Which sometimes, as an adult person, is a little bit disconcerting. Yeah, because there are things that happen in your life where I'm like, I need to pause this game. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. you can't do it. So, you know, that stuff is that stuff is frustrating. But again, it, the great thing about that is that that's got to be pretty much unique. Yes, in it's games, very unique. Which is it, a great selling point. Yeah, unless you're playing like an MMO or something, you yeah. where you can't pause the game. It's, right. it's the same thing. I do think that the games menus, Dark Souls Two, the menus are better. They try to tell you like. This is why you cannot carry this weapon. In the previous games, you pick up a weapon and be like, you can't hold this weapon. And there was like no way for you to figure out, you know, why you could pick up this weapon. So they're better about that. This is my second my this is my second this is my first time playing through a full Souls game, but it's my second time playing a Souls game. So you start to realize that there are certain things that are just not worth your time. Like you have, you know, like ten or eleven, maybe fifteen stats you can put your points into yeah if you like like most games you'd be like i'm gonna spread my points out a little bit of strength a little bit of this a little bit of that if you do that in dark souls you are dead you yeah. are done <laughs> you need to figure out what you want to be okay you want to be a strong guy who has a lot of stamina who can hold a shield up for a long time yeah strength and stamina and that is it do not fuck around with anything else <laughs> vitality and okay. vigor yeah those are that's huge. what i did just as a, a default yeah. from not having yeah. played it before it's just let me just have more health it really just helps i mean health. i know that people don't like spoilers and people don't like to know what's going to happen mm-hmm. but if you if i could give you any advice uh for those playing dark souls if you can maybe find out from a friend who's also playing so you don't have to spoil yourself too much Try to figure out what weapon you're going to want to use. Make that decision early mm-hmm. and look into the ones that you might come across. Because I'll tell you this, there are some sick, sick weapons. Uh, I came across one where it's it looks like uh, Darth Maul's dual-sided <laughs> lightsaber. It's not a lightsaber, it's mm-hmm. blades, mm-hmm. but it's two swords you know, it's like a bow staff with blades on each right. end. It's tasty. You're going to mm-hmm. want to use it. Right. But you need 
this ridiculous dex to wield yeah, the dexterity, thing. Yeah, dexterity, yeah. And it happened, you find it later in the game mm-hmm. that if you haven't been paying attention to your dexterity and you find this thing and you're like drooling on it and you're just like, oh, and mm-hmm. it's in your inventory laughing at you and you, right. you can't use it, you're screwed. Actually, Bobby did give me that piece of advice before I started Dark Souls is this is the game to not be afraid Googling. Like wiki, and, yeah. If you're, and, you know, yes, look it absolutely. up, see what's going to happen, find out what, yeah, what yeah. the best tactic is. Yeah. And the uh, the Dark Souls Two wiki is starting to shape up. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know, obviously, people as they yeah. explore the game are are writing it and everything. And uh, it was bare bones for a little while, but as right. as time goes on, it's really starting to become a help. Excellent. Maps, because that if you lose where you're going, like yeah. you, like Bobby said. The game doesn't help you. No. It's extraordinarily... <laughs> it's, not. Like, it's not even vague. No. They just don't. It just puts up a middle <laughs> finger and says, go fuck yourself, buddy. You figure it out. <laughs> you see, as the outsider to this conversation, since I've never played any of mm. the Souls games, oh. it reminds me of... Uh, did any of you guys ever beat Ninja Gaiden yes. on Xbox? Mm-hmm. Multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Oh. Love it. That game, see, was, that game was, to me was brutally hard and when i beat it i i felt like jumping out of the window it was right. just pure ecstasy yeah i beat it and i, I looked back at it and i was like that wasn't very fun right whenever i hear people talk about this stockholm syndrome mm. is the perfect word it's right like, yeah this game is miserable and i die all the time and it's hard to figure out and it's just really good you should play it yeah like, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah yeah to me that doesn't sound fun i yeah. one of these days i'm going to get around to yeah. playing it because right. They're well-reviewed games. Yeah, it does sound interesting, and it is something that I should put on my list. Right, but man, there's so much more that I could. I'd rather have yeah. fun with playing games than want to bash yeah. my head through the wall. Well, well the funny thing like. is, or the funny thing is, right? So this will definitely be a video feature for the site, by the way. Us playing Dark Souls with Justin for the first time. <laughs> yeah, with me, with my head buried in a mattress. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the the thing for me is that unlike Ninja Gaiden, which Ninja Gaiden is a crazy action game where it's all about like how you can react and, and your combos. And, and a lot of times in Ninja Gaiden, it was like, there's enemies coming from off the screen that you can't see that, you know, it's, yeah, right it's, from a, behind it's you. a lot of stuff. Dark Souls doesn't have that. Dark Souls, D- Dark Souls is very much like Steve was saying, if you, if you die, it is 99% of the time. It is your fault. Yeah. There are times where it's not necessarily your fault. There are times where things happen, obviously, but most of the time it is going to be your fault. And look, the point is like, and he was saying, you're going to run into a room, Right. And if you run head first down a hallway yep. and you don't stop to look in the doorway to your right, two guys are going to jump out of that doorway and they're going to kill you. Like yep. that's just what's yep. going to happen. Yep. But guess what? You die, you respawn at the bonfire and you go back through and you know they're there and you know they're there. Yeah. And that's the one thing that makes the game playable, which is that the enemies do the same thing every single time. If they didn't do that, right. the game would be unplayable because it would just be too hard. But and you get your souls back and you do it. The other thing about the game too, which I think I really need to let go of, which happened happened at some way point in Dark Souls 1, is that look, <clears throat> if you have less souls than would take you to level, do not freak out that you don't have in recovering those souls. Don't yeah. die again to recover those souls yeah. because it just doesn't matter, you know? But what I love about Dark Souls 2 and it does some fucked up things. Like, <laughs> the fact that when you die... So, there's this whole system in Dark Souls, which I don't think they, they even... They, it's one of the main systems in the game that I don't think they even really explain to you very well, which is that when you die, you become hollowed. Yes. Okay, so, with, with, so it's two different states. <clears throat> so, you become hollowed, which in, in Dark Souls 1 didn't really matter that much, except you couldn't get invaded by other players right. when you were hollowed. 
But in Demon Souls and in Dark Souls 2, you have less life when you're hollowed. Now, in Dark Souls 2, what happens is every time you die, your maximum health goes down until you're at half. Yeah. And the most you can regenerate until you become human again is half. You become human by using an item. Like, it's a usable item called a human effigy. You become human, and then you can... You can up your There's healing. only so many of those. There's maybe like thirty. There, it's true. It's absolutely true. Yeah. So it, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a kind of it's very strategic. It's strategic game how you use them and when you use them. Yeah. So that system is very important. Now in this game, for that exact reason, where you would lose life, and there are times like the first two hours of the game, I was miserable because <laughs> I was just there was this one. I was at this one bonfire trying to get this other bonfire, and I just couldn't do it. And I was just respawn, 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 respawn. And eventually, though, I was like, okay, let me take some of these souls. I'll level up. Let me take some of these souls. I'll level up. Let me take some of these souls. I'll level up. And eventually, I got through that part, got to the next part, and it just it started again. But I built myself up. And then all of a sudden, when, I, when I'm done with the running these two areas between these two bonfires, I am powerful enough where now it's becoming easier. And I can run through it. And now I'm getting to, again to a boss. And then you start to it starts to become a snowball. All of a sudden, you're getting better and better and better. And you've just... You get into an encounter, you die, but then you go, okay, what did I do wrong in this encounter? You go back into it, you do it a little differently, maybe you die again. But it just it's just this thing where you're building it, and you have to think of it like, like Steve was saying, you're learning every time you're fighting people. You do it yeah. the same time, same thing every time, you're going to die every time. You can't, you can't brute force your way through it most of the time. Um, so that, that's really cool. I mean, Dark Souls 2, they're thinking too about it too, is that they've done this different thing where... Now, in Dark Souls One and in Demon Souls, you could basically every time you died, you could you could eternally farm the, the the enemies that would respawn every time you went to a bonfire. Now, after a certain amount of time, those enemies are gone forever. So it makes the game both easier and more terrifying because it makes it easier because you've been struggling, 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 but finally there's there's less resistance. But it also means that if you die with a lot of souls out there like the enemies aren't there to get them back to get them back so it's it's a double-edged thing i think it's a really good system because personally for me it stops the frustration level right and it makes if you play it smartly you can still get all those souls right and also you can you can you can try things like there was this white knight that was sleeping in this one area yeah dude i went after him he kicked my ass (laughs) yeah he kicked my ass the first time i lost all these souls I was like, you know what? I'll clear out the entire area, and once they're not responding, I'll just focus on this guy. Right. And if I lose him, no big deal because I'll just I'll just right. get, get my souls back. Then I'll fight him again. Eventually, I beat him. Got a pretty cool item, you know, mm-hmm. and, and went on. So it's it, I am really loving. I'm obsessed with it at this point. Like I like nice. I, all I do is think about it. I want to play it all the time, and you know I've come up against some really tough bosses, but I have these moments where I, you know I fight this boss called the Dragon Slayer, which is yeah. and. He is, I don't think he's one of the tougher bosses in the game, but he constantly is hitting you, and you really have to build up your 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 stamina, right? or you're not going to be able to hold your shield long enough, right? you're going to be down. So I kept building it up. Every time I died, I would go back through this ridiculous like run of huge enemies that gave me like 400 souls each. So I just, I build up, I build up, I build up, yeah. go back and I level up, level up my stamina, level up my stamina. So I was blocking, I was blocking. It was awesome. You know, like he was taking very little back. I'd go, I go a couple, take a couple swings, just the right amount of swings because in this game, 
<laughs> that one extra swing you want to take, yeah, you're fucked. Is you're dead. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do not do it. Take the two swings you know you can take. Then back away. Put your shield up and don't don't be a hero. Oh, that's so me. I know. I that's take, I always take the extra swing. But that's, dude, I do too. It's yeah. all about patience. That's yeah. every game though, right? That's every modern game is take as many swings as you can. Yes. You take a hit. It's Keep fine. swinging. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This game is not like that. So right. yeah, I would do that. Take one two swings. Back up. Put the shield up. And right. I, finally, I, I put this game like five times. Finally, like I have his, I am, my health is all the way at top. His health is like a little, <laughs> little sliver on the board. I'm like, all right, I got him. Just got a black little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm moving around this tower, moving around my shields up. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, no. I got him. Oh no. He does his jab. He knocked me back like a half an inch. Yeah. Out a window. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh. A window I didn't even know was there. Oh, yeah. Sucks. Fall to my death. Oh my I love God. It. It's like, it's like one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> My fiance is sleeping upstairs. I can't like, so I, I like literally like I throw my controller down and I just scream silently. silently. My face is beat red. <laughs> but amazing. what happens is I go, yeah. all right, let's fucking do it again. And I yep. get like a the controller and I go back through. You get that I get fire. to him. And the whole time I'm just like, I'm not falling out that window again. I'm not falling out that window again. Right. And I didn't fall out the window again. <laughs> you know, I learned from it. I did it. And those yes. moments are the moments where yeah. the game, that, that game puts its claws into you and yeah. doesn't let you go. Yeah. I kind of compare it to like playing golf, which is if you're not a good golf, a good golfer, you're continuously playing like shit. You're hitting horrible shot, horrible shot, horrible shot. Then you get one good shot and you're like, I'm never stopped playing golf ever. <laughs> and that's what this game is like. You right. know? I found Amazing. interesting what you told me before about this. It, I can't remember the phrase you used, but like active animation or... Oh, animation priority. Right. Mm-hmm. So I found that interesting because like the first big boss I fought, he hits me with this big hammer thing. I go down. Now I can't get up mm-hmm. quick enough to stop myself getting hit again. Right. I ends up dying because he hit me four times because I couldn't mm-hmm. get up. And that is frustrating because having to watch the animation of yourself get up, yeah. seeing the hit coming and not be able to do anything about it. Yeah. Really frustrating. Animation priority is this thing which if people don't know when they're listening, um, I feel like I've been talking for a really long time and I want to to be able to talk about the game because yeah. uh, is basically in a game like Devil May Cry or Ninja Gaiden, for the most part, if you start a swing, you can stop that swing. Like you, you have the ability to stop on a dime, right? You can cancel it. You can cancel it. In Dark Souls, you cannot cancel a hit. So if you're gonna, if you pick, choose to swing, you're going to finish that swing, no matter what. So if you hit that button one too many times, and there's a there's a blow coming, you cannot quickly stop that swing and put up a shield. Once you learn that about the game, it becomes a much a much more tenable game to play because you realize I gotta hit it twice and that's it. Because I hit it three times, I can't decide to also put my shield up. I'm gonna get hit. So, you know, that's the thing of animation priority. And there's been a few games that have done that recently. But, Steve, as a huge Dark Souls fan, you, you sung the praises of Dark Souls. You played it for, I don't know how many hours. Uh, um, a lot. <laughs> how does Dark Souls 2 stack up to Dark Souls 1? Oh, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's uh, it's funny. Not it. Not much has changed. Because mm. if it, it, very much so, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. And what do people that are huge fans, because this, this game had a kind of a cult following and then more and more people found out how ridiculous it was and curiosity got the better of them and they came onto the game and they ended up loving it and it went to being one of the PS3 classics collection and people got into it. And when they took uh, the servers down for, I guess, Demon Souls, people went ballistic and they were, you know, I have 
X amount of characters. Mm -hmm. I love the PvP and stuff like that. Um, there are still a lot of aspects of the game that I need to explore. There's still many of the game mechanics that because they don't tell you anything that I'm still figuring out. Uh, one of the things that about Dark Souls that I'll, I'll talk about for a second is the idea of farming. Uh, you're going to want to farm souls in this game. And as we mentioned before, after about 10 or 15 um, NPC or, or not NPC, but enemy deaths, the enemies disappear from the map and they don't come back. You can go back to the bonfire, you can resurrect them, but after X amount of times, they'll be gone from the map and they won't come back. And at first, I was like, I was in like outraged. I was like, you what? Like, <laughs> what if I find like a, like a sweet spot? Like there was a spot in Dark Souls that I ran, I mean, I spent a day and a half. It was, it was in a forest and you could just, you could literally do a lap around the forest, get about six dudes to follow you and then walk to this edge of a cliff and they would just kind of like derp over the cliff <laughs> and you would get X amount of thousands of souls, go mm -hmm. back, cash them in, the whole bit. Um, there's an item in, in Dark Souls 2 that exists called a bonfire aesthetic. Yeah. And what it does is when you throw it into the bonfire, it will resurrect those fallen or disappeared enemies. Oh, but, okay. but <laughs> it will notch the difficulty up on those characters permanently twofold wow. so you're not fighting those enemies that you write like you know oh that guy was so easy and that you know oh that little you know that little group of of assholes i'm gonna go get them <laughs> you better make sure that you're powered it up enough to do it and take advantage because you go back they are now that enemy plus plus <laughs> Yeah, and that's Tom all Central, around. I tell you, that's yeah, that's all crazy. So that is crazy. You're gonna want to be prepared, right? So that is crazy. Um, and I could honestly, I, I'm gonna cut myself off because I could talk about Dark Souls probably for another three hours, and I don't want to do that. I actually so want to get to definitely uh, a thumbs up though. Oh, right? it's a, it's two thumbs way up. Good. Uh, okay. you know, we'll be we'll be talking about it some more as we keep dying and 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 keep. Uh, <laughs> we'll probably do a video of me dying repeatedly. Absolutely. Oh yeah, there's been yeah. plenty of videos of Dark Souls. I I have this idea. I was like, we after we you know if Steve and I finish the game, we need to do a show called the Dark Souls Debrief, and just talk about <laughs> yeah. like everything about it. It's right. You know, as someone who I resisted that game for a very long time, I, I, I had a I had a, an animosity towards that game for a very, very long time. But now it's just to me, as someone who like, I'm, I'm 31 years old, I don't have a ton of time to play games as much as I used to. And there's something that's it's it switched to me is either I want a game to be about two hours long or I don't want it to ever be able to end. You know, yeah. which is like Skyrim. Skyrim, I can just play it and play it and play it and play it. And look, yeah. I, I can stop playing it and then I can pick it up again two months later. And I'm not like, oh, what's going on in the story? You know, I, I don't understand what's going yeah. on. Um, and, and, and Dark Souls is kind of the same way. I could not play Dark Souls for a month. I could start playing it. I would be horrible at it for about, you know, three or four deaths. I'm like, okay, I, I got back into it. Yeah. But I'm not worried about the, the story or anything like yeah. that. So yeah. I can just keep playing it and playing it and playing it. Um, and that it really fits in Actually, that, sweet that spot. was that was my uh, initial take on it when mm -hmm. I first played when I started playing this one is like I said I'm used to being able to sit down and play a game for five or six hours yeah I couldn't do that with this game because it was so frustrating I had to you know 40 minutes I had to put it down oh, such a hard on for it yeah. yeah it was driving me insane I had to put it down but 
I didn't ever pull it down and think I'm never playing that again. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, so I thought this game might take me a week to finish. Mm-hmm. Now I'm thinking, all right, in a couple of years' time, <laughs> maybe I'd have finished it. Yeah, nice. you know? But I'm willing to put the time in. Yeah. There will come a point, though, where you will be able to play it for five or six hours yeah. without even thinking about it. Yeah, you'll, you'll cruise yeah. for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the deepest thing about the game, right? Is that it, it lets you. You're a good point where you, you're good enough to cruise for a little while. You, I got enemies, 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 and then you'll run up against something you cannot beat. Yeah, and you'll be like, "But I was cruising for yeah. two hours. <laughs> I'm not gonna stop now." And you, you know? get you get the point, the pointer finger out. You, just, you, exactly, exactly. you yeah. motherfucker, <laughs> coming back for you yeah. and your friends. Yeah, and it's unlike anything else in gaming right now, and and that's right. why it's so great. You know, I I don't think that it's the 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 only thing, but it, it's so cool that it's so different than everything else. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's our thoughts on Titanfall, Marvel Heroes, Dark Souls Two, and Thief. Uh, I want to first of all, uh, I want to get some listener questions, and I want to just thank everyone again uh, for sending us in some questions on our inaugural show, our, our maiden voyage into this. And you guys are already interacting with us, following us on Twitter. Uh, again, that's at talking underscore underscore games on Twitter and uh, send us questions. Tell us what your favorite games are. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Uh, share your gaming stories with us, all that kind of good stuff. But um, let's take a question we have uh, from Cody, who's at Cody from Side3 on Twitter. says, any games from the previous systems that you would like to see updated for the new consoles? Hmm. That's a good one. Uh, Justin. Justin's waving his hand. The Last of Us. I want to see The Last of Us in super, super HD. Okay, no. Um Older, all right. like old, old, old stuff? T- like Genesis, oh, Super like, Nintendo, something. I, think, I don't. I think he's talking about like. Um, I think he's just talking about last generation. Okay. I think he's talking about like PS3. PS3. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, can yeah, yeah. actually. You know, it is kind of last generation last at this generation, point. Yeah. All right, so you know what? I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow Thank it. Thank you for allowing it. Yeah, <laughs> you're, I you're see, welcome. I would love to see an HD Super Remaster of The Last of Us. I mean, that was a beautiful game. On I have not finished 3. it. Well, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> Sorry. The we were off us. to such a good start. No, The Last <laughs> of Us is. I think The Last of Us is like the pinnacle of gaming. Wow, that's yeah. them's big words. I have never done this. I sat my wife down and I said, "I just want you to watch the cutscenes because the cutscenes are incredibly gorgeous." Yeah. And that game tells such such a beautiful, heartbreaking, heart wrenching. In, in ways horrifying story. That's like me. I'm trying to get my friend Brendan to sit down for three hours so I could show him Brothers. Brothers is something else as well. Yeah. But I would love to see The Last of Us um, in <laughs> all super HD. You know, you know, with with you know the PlayStation Four um, graphics running through it. I, I I would just love to see that. I I played through that game. That's the only game that I've probably in the like the last ten years that I beat. Yeah. And then I turned around and restarted it. Sweet. So okay. that's my answer. Nice. That's a good one. It's a really good one. All right. Uh, I'll go. I'll give you one. I would absolutely love to see. I know they've tried to do it before and they failed. I would love to see a next generation Toe Jam and Earl. Mm. I We're friends again. <laughs> <laughs> the music, the characters, the world, the ice cream man, the boogeyman, the mailbox that comes to life and starts chomping on your shit. Like, I, I love... I loved Toe Jam and Earl. That's another game that I could talk about forever. Yep. But um, I would love to see a next generation, huge, 
almost like Skyrim-esque in, in just the, the vastness of the worlds of exploration <laughs> of finding these ship pieces. Uh, I think it would be amazing, um, provided that people could get on board with it again. And, and, you know, whether it be through nostalgia or curiosity or just, oh, they just present it so well that you know, I've got to I've got to try this weird ass game where these aliens are trying to collect these pieces uh, of the ship. And there's all these strange ass enemies running around. They could bring back the old school enemies, make new ones. Uh, it would it would be awesome. Did you see the unfinished Dreamcast game? Told Jam and Earl? I feel like I have. There was a video on it, I want to say about like two months ago, where it was like a 40 minute video of the Toad Jam and Earl that was going to be released on Dreamcast, and it is amazing. You know, mm-hmm. I heard about it, but I've never seen it. I played the one on Xbox, which was Toad Jam and Earl 3, that had the, the girl yeah. on it, and it just, it was, that's that was the time to do it and have it be awesome, and it just wasn't. Yeah. So, Bobby, what, uh, what game would you bring to the next um, generation? You know what? I would love to see the Mass Effect games come to the new generation. And there's been some rumors of that. Uh, you know, actually, uh, I never ended up fi- like I Mass Effect One and Mass Effect Mass Effect One was like my first like when I got my Xbox 360. It was like the reason I wanted it was to play Mass Effect, um, and, and it was the first really big like next generation game I played where I was I was obsessed with Mass Effect and that universe. And I just loved it. Um, I loved Mass Effect Two uh, as well. I never got through Mass Effect 3, and not because I didn't like it. I just It was just a weird time. We had just started the comic book thing, and I just was like, I was like moving off of the, the video game thing. I just didn't have enough time to play them anymore. I was trying to prioritize what to do, and I just kind of moved off of it. Um, I'd really have to play it like beautiful without any kind of hitches or anything uh, uh, on the new system. So Mass Effect is what I would really, really love to see there. Nice. Other than, you know, Dark Souls being on, <laughs> being on my PS4. <laughs> Jackie. Um, I'm not sure I have a game I could say off the top of my head, but more of a along the same lines is that they did uh, the Wind Waker. Yeah. For for the Wii U. Now I didn't get it. It's one of my favorite games. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that game. Um, but from everything I read, it really there was no there was no difference to it. Like they didn't utilize I didn't think that the gamepad. Yeah. That I mean that to me, if I'm going to spend sixty dollars on a game that I had what eight years ago. Well, that game you know, was was so crisp when it came out. Exactly, it looked so lovely at the time. Do I want to spend sixty dollars playing a game that's that old that I've played so many times? And how much better can it look for the money? Right. You know, right. if they're not going to change the, change the mechanics of it and how you play the game, add some extra levels, add some extra dungeons. What's the point? Right. Um, I would, oh man, I would choose a DLC game possibly for um, the PlayStation 4 or or Xbox One. I would love an HD revamped version. Have you ever played a game for the PlayStation 1 called Nitrous Oxide? It sounds super familiar. It was a game where you... No. It's a shooter, like a, a corridor shooter-esque, almost like a tunnel shooter, right. where you are you can float along the walls and you're it's like hyperspeeds. Uh, the Crystal Method did all the music. Oh, yeah, I know the yeah. game that you're talking about. Okay. Well, I used to play that game back in college. College was fun times. <laughs> and Nitrous Oxide was my jam. I would get right. lost in that game. I would kill, not literally, 
figuratively, I would kill for a updated DLC version of Nitrous Oxide, preferably with either Anamanaguchi or Crystal Castles mm. doing the soundtrack. Right. I think that would be sick. Just this on-rails, wacky-ass shooter that's, like, beautifully seizure-inducing. <laughs> yeah. I now, would... what was the one you were playing uh, last year or the year before on the Connect, possibly? That was Child of Eden. Yes. Oh, okay. That yeah. one, I remember watching you play that, and that was the craziest thing. That was Just... from the people that did Res, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Right. Um, except for I do not like the Xbox 360 HD re- version of it. Mm-hmm. I The difficulty curve on that game, I used to be able to cruise through Res. Like, no problem. I could show somebody the whole thing in, like, 17 minutes. Right. That HD version is bullshit. <laughs> it, you die, you get up to the last boss, and all of a sudden, you're just annihilated. All of your evolutions just go out the window, yeah, and you're dead. And it's, yeah. it's, you know, and it's not like, it's not like I haven't, like, I'm a veteran at the game. Right. You know, and I'm certainly not the, the greatest gamer in the world. I'm not going to, <laughs> to go there, but... Um, it just would have been cool if I got to, you know, beat the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, Nitrous Oxide updated with, with sick music. Somebody could put that together. Uh, I'd really appreciate it. So cool. get on it. <laughs> uh, anyone, any other ones? Justin? I'll throw one more. Go for it. Road Rash. Oh man. I had Road Rash 3D on the PlayStation. That was when they, I think the first one to introduce motorcycles. Maybe. No, it was Road Rash. I don't know. Was Road Rash all motorcycles? I'm pretty sure it was. Was it? Yeah, I'm going back to like Genesis days though. Oh, what the hell am I thinking of? Master System, Jackie. Just, just to translate for you. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's the game that I'm thinking of. I just always remember playing Road Rash on my on my Genesis. At least I think it was my Genesis. It wasn't an NES, so it was a Genesis. And there was this like black motorcycle that you could get. It was like better than everything else, and it was like we tell you how much it was, but we have to kill you. And I'm I'm, like eight or ten years old. I'm like. <laughs> so there's there's been like whispers and rumors of that game coming back, but nothing substantial yet. So I'm I'm always gonna be hoping. Is there a studio that you'd like to see make it? Like maybe like the Need for Speed guys yeah. or the guys that made uh was that uh Burnout. Burnout? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That would be that would be terrific if they could go ahead and just do that for me. I can get down on that. Did you like Motorstorm? Yeah, I did like Motorstorm. I'm well. Well, I'm sure we'll get into this in a later podcast where we get into the type of games that we play. I'm miserable at two types of games, racing games and fighting <laughs> games. Um, unless the racing game is ridiculous, like a Burnout or Need for Speed Rivals, which is terrific. Um, but, uh, yeah. Mm. Okay. That would be cool. All right, cool. Bobby? I mean, I'd like to see uh, the thing. I've, uh, this is a Nintendo game I played, uh, Little Nemo in Dreamland. Yes. Loved that game when yes. I was a kid. I'd like to see a... The little candies. Yeah, like a really beautiful new version of that totally. game. I think that would be really awesome. Totally. That's a great choice. Mm. Uh, Jackie, any others? Actually, maybe Mario 64, because Ooh. I don't have my N64 anymore, and I'd love to just play it again. Like an HD Wii yeah, U version? like there's, a pretty looking one. There's oh. a guy right now who's building it from the ground up. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it on Kotaku the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. He has a, like... Um, like 10 minutes where he's playing and you're like oh right. my god i remember that exactly mm. that's what i want to do i want to play it because i know where all the little hats are and i know where <laughs> everything is i just want to play it again. Mm-hmm. very cool awesome yep. 
Um, I'm sure that we could go on and on with games <laughs> that we would love to, yes. to see. But uh, let's move on to another question. This is from James Hammond, who is at Part Time Powers on Twitter. Um, and I'm going to give you guys a list of choices. I will just narrow it down and, and make a decision. Uh, best 90s mascot platformer that is not Mario or Sonic. Okay. Your choices are Earthworm Jim, Lara Croft, Gex the Gecko, Crash Bandicoot, Rayman, Spyro, or Bubsy. <laughs> All right. Again, Bubsy, Spyro, Rayman, Crash Bandicoot, Gex the Gecko, Lara Croft, Earthworm Jim. Well, I played so much Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, and what was the other one? Mascots, though. Not the games, but right. the actual, the, mm. like, Crash Bandicoot himself. Because really, like, aside one. from the like the funny commercials, yeah. did he really have much of a presence in the game? <laughs> I don't know. I liked him. But right. Spyro, Spyro I liked a lot. Really, the- he was a plucky little dragon. Yeah. Crash. Crash's commercials were... At, at the time, amazing. He's standing outside <laughs> Nintendo's offices. Like, yeah, there was nothing else like that at the time. Yeah, they were, they were really taking shots at Nintendo. So for the entire PlayStation generation, the mascot to me is Crash, and no one else even comes close. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, oh, that's good. That's a nice strong answer. Going yeah. to the mattresses yeah. for Crash Bandicoot. The, yeah. Those commercials were awesome. Those games drove me. Effing oh, crazy. I love them so much. Yeah. Like I just they're, they're like having to jump between runners. the boxes. Just jump, jump, jump. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I did not dig it. I did not dig it. Oh, no, I loved it. Funny, the first time I played Uncharted, because mm-hmm. Naughty Dog did Crash. Yeah, yeah. There's Crash Bandicoot 2 is the first PlayStation game I ever owned, mm. and I didn't have a memory card at the time. <laughs> so anytime I wanted to play it, I had to start back at the beginning. <laughs> so I remember the the parts where Crash is running at you. Yes. And in the very first Uncharted, there's a scene like that, and I was like. This is so much like Crash Bandicoot, not re- not knowing that it was the same right. guys that made it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, those games, those games were difficult to play at times. They're yeah. very very difficult. I mean, I also love like I love Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, yeah that's a '90s yeah. platformer yeah. that I loved. Um, Mega Man as well was also a favorite of mine. Right, but uh, really effing hard, really effing hard. Yeah, Mega Man uh, is uh, is a rough business. Yeah, out of that list, probably. Huh, I'd say Tomb Raider probably Lara of, Croft. of those games. That was Lara that was Croft. Gonna be my vote. Um, that had the wider ranging media, like multimedia, you know, movies and TV and yeah, and everything. Yeah, but I mean, she was when when Lara Croft came onto the scene with Tomb Raider. I mean, that was it. Mm. Yeah, like, if you were if you didn't know who she was, I mean, she I dropped d- off I, the radar for yeah, a while. I was just about to say exactly that that she was the one that I was more culturally aware of. Right. So can we can we say that this is a grudge match probably between Lara Croft and Crash Bandicoot? Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Interesting yeah. grudge match. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why don't you know what? Why don't we let you guys decide, uh, listeners? If you want to tweet us uh, at talking uh, underscore games, tell us who you think uh, should win either Crash Bandicoot or Lara Croft as the uh, quintessential '90s mascot of uh, platforming games. Uh, you know, tell us what you think, and we will read it out. We'll read the results out on the next uh, the next show. So, uh, I think that's gonna. We should uh, probably wrap it up about now, <laughs> I right? Think so, been going yeah, on for a while. The idea is to try and not make this as long as the Talking <laughs> Comics podcast. Do you have anything in mind for next week? Um, we do, but we'll we'll figure that out and discuss that uh, okay. off air and be yeah. sure to, to let people know. We playing some games, up? obviously, talking about yes. games that we've been playing. 
for the yeah. most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, I don't know if anybody has any ideas of what, I mean, Infamous is coming out right, on right. Friday. So that is what I'll be playing. Me too. Until we, we, we reconvene. Uh, so you're getting a day week. one. Yeah. So it's absolute. Like I an got absolute it reserved. That's the reason I have a PlayStation 4 Whoa. is to play Infamous. Now, what what is it about this new one that's got you so jazzed that you don't think that you've already gotten enough from the first two? Well, the the, the, the bottom line is that I don't ever feel like I got enough from the first two. Like, I love the first two games. Okay. The this Infamous 2 is probably the game I've come closest to completing, like 100%. I think I was at 99%. With, with Infamous 2. Three shards I was uh, missing. Yeah, I was yeah, missing. Give, me little, give me a little shards. rundown of what it is. So Infamous is a open world um, 3D action game where you play, uh, well, in the first two games, you play as a game named Cole, who is talks a... Talks like this. He talks like this. <laughs> he, woke, he wakes up basically with superpowers and, you, you know, they're, they're, he has to deal with that fact and there what is... What kind a, of world? Um, it's a realistic world. Okay. You know, it's like a it's like modern city kind of world. And the, right. In in the first two games, it was Empire City and New Marais, which were kind of stand-ins for New York City and uh, New Orleans. And this time around, you're a different character, and you're also in real-life Seattle. But okay. uh, the the first two games, you're dealing with uh, the fallout from a bunch of people getting powers and, and how that's all kind of shaking out. Um, the, but the best thing about that game, I mean, it had, more, it had a very simplistic morality choices where you'd pick to do either evil or good things, and that would kind of dictate how people reacted to you in, in the world but the cool thing about it was just the, the actual feeling of playing the game jumping from place to place using your powers to get from place to place just always felt so awesome and yeah. uh, Sucker Punch who did the Sly Cooper games uh, on PS2 developed this game and I loved those first two games I played the shit out of them I loved doing them I felt powerful I felt awesome I had a ton of fun so when this game got announced and getting to see what it looked like you know, I was just immediately, I want this game. And it's, all the previews have been really, really positive, And it seems like it's going to be awesome. So Is I just got to hope. PlayStation exclusive? PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> That's why you should have bought a PS4. I yeah. know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I really dug the first one. I dug the first one a lot. The second one, I felt was a little bit of a retread of the first one in regard to gameplay. That not all that much had changed. And I didn't care much for some of the support characters that were introduced in the second one um but that being said the gameplay and the the freedom the level of freedom that you have in that game and how like overpowered you you can become you really do eventually feel like a super like a super empowered imbued human being just ripping into enemies and the city and the the level of devastation that you could do i would love i don't know if they're doing that doing it for this one but i would love an infamous game with destructible environments Mm -hmm. and not maybe not all because obviously you're gonna need stuff to climb on yeah but just a bit more debris a bit more uh interaction with the environment that i can use the environment to my advantage and possibly kill enemies with the environment if i rip down an awning i want the front of the building to crush them right. and stuff like that i think that would be really cool especially mm-hmm. with the some of the telekinesis powers if he can get that powered up where he can you know move whole things like that right i think would would let the player feel pretty ridiculously cool. yeah yeah absolutely so absolutely. uh you have any interest in it justin oh absolutely i just went and platinum the second game about <laughs> a month ago are you picking it up day one yeah I'm going to be playing it all weekend. Jesus Christ. (sighs) (laughs) 
Everybody's making me. I'm gonna look forward to the reviews next week. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll definitely be uh, be talking that up. And uh, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, let's give out some information so people know where to find us. Uh, like I've said a few times, it is uh, at talking underscore games on Twitter. And if you want to email us in the meantime, until we set up an official email, uh, Bobby. Yeah, it's just email us at podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. It's the the podcast email that we use for the comic book show. And just make sure in the in the subject line you write um, you know, talking games and so that we know it, yeah. it, it's for for this podcast. And as we go forward in the future, obviously we'll set up an email address and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean this is all obviously this is the first episode. We're still getting our, our feet wet on this. Uh, this is Justin's first podcast. Uh, official podcast, and I would actually like to say that you did a very fine job, my friend. Very well, good. thank you very much. Great yes. job. Great very, job. very, very glad to have you yeah. uh, on the show. I think you're 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 going to be huge. Yep. Well, I'm super glad to be here. You're going to do it, kid. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, personal contacts. Uh, I am at dead underscore anchorus on Twitter. Jackie. I'm at Jackie Turner. J a c q u i Turner. Uh, and Bobby. Uh, at Bobby Shortle. And I'm at Joroke, J-O-R-O-A-K. All right. So that's going to do it for the very first Talking Games podcast. Thank you for listening. And we're sorry, but your princess is in another castle.